Hello everyone and welcome to Gamers on the Go, a podcast dedicated solely to those games that you could take with you. I am your host Chase Kennecke. Today's show is the Gamers on the Go Game of the Year 2020 Spectacular. And my guest is East Coast Correspondent, uh, <laughs> Gamers on the Go Hall of Famer, uh, number one in our hearts, number one in our minds, <laughs> Matt Jiggy-san Jaguer. Hi, Matt. How you doing? <laughs> great, Chase. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Feel free to take, Man, uh, got, take that you title. The, you for... got the hype behind me now. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's always great to have you back. And uh, I mean, you are you are our first guest. You will, if this show ever dies, you'll be our last guest. I can promise you that. <laughs> uh, but we're not dead yet, oh, no. even though handheld gaming might be. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, it's a it's a yearly tradition that we come here and talk about our favorite handheld games of the year, uh, and we're going to do that this year as well. But I, I think we need to start the episode off by just talking or asking asking ourselves a question and i'm gonna ask it of you matt first because i'm the host and i get to do that <laughs> matt in 2020 what the hell is a handheld game anymore yeah that that is a good leadoff question because this year has proven that with the switch especially it is harder to distinct what makes a handheld game a handheld game because mm-hmm. you can theoretically make anything a handheld game like it's not like having something like the game boy or game gear where you have lim- there's still limitations on the switch don't get me wrong but you don't have these very distinct limitations and a honestly a smaller library of games to go back to or ideas to uh, grow upon uh, or history so yeah nowadays it seems like anything can be a handheld game so if everything anything's a handheld game then nothing's a handheld game? <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, that that's definitely Thanks what I'm syndrome. coming to as well. Uh, like, back in the day, there were, there were definite... Like, there were... The, the categories were so much easier, so much more defined. We had a Game Boy. Anything on a Game Boy was a handheld game. You couldn't play that shit on the TV. Don't talk to me about the Super Game Boy. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you, do, you did a whole episode on that on yes. uh, Casual Hour, so I, go, go listen to that. I talked about <laughs> fucking Super Game Boy. Uh, let's not talk about the Super Game Boy. Um, but, but the point is, like we had these games that were made... Uh, with limitations. You mentioned the limitations. And, and the Switch has fewer of those limitations. And I'd even go back to something like the PlayStation Vita, because I'm the only one who wants to go back to the PlayStation Vita. Uh, even that <laughs> was saying, let's take some of these limitations off. Uh, let's like, That was Sony's dream, even back to the PSP. It's like, what if we can get console gaming, but on a handheld system? And but let's use let's use CD based technology that takes forever to load. Yeah, yeah, there were a lot of problems with the PSP, um, and and I think those games were part of it. Like when when and even before then, developers who tried to make games that were when developers tried to make console games but for a handheld system, they usually failed because it just couldn't do those things. Maybe it would fail. Yeah, I'm thinking like. Uh, Prince of Persia, Warrior of Thin on the PSP was okay, trying to sure. be exactly the same thing as the Warrior Within games on the consoles, and it just it couldn't make the translation of that. Or like they tried doing 
uh, like Cyphron filter mm-hmm. uh, on on a handheld. And nowadays with you know dual sticks, that would work fine. Uh, but when you're like limited in your own exact like hardware itself, like the design of the hardware, you got to think a little bit differently. And you had games like Luminous that d- demonstrated perfectly well that oh yeah, this game can work great as a, a handheld system as the PSP or even games like Daxter that do something a little different with Jack and Daxter. Uh, you know, they worked on the PSP, but you know, like some of them are like, Oh, well you could have just played the bigger game on the the console and get the better experience, quote unquote, better experience. Right. But yeah. And I think that's the, the point though, is that developers who innovated and use those limitations to their advantage would end up making very interesting games and those those are what i think mm-hmm. of as handheld games so even something like uh uncharted golden abyss uh i believe that was the vita launch yep, game that's, it was like, yeah that was the vita one hey we use the back touch right and touch like, screen we've got like rubbing like... bullshit mini games but also this is trying to just be an uncharted game and the playstation <laughs> i can tell you the rubbing bullshit has not gone away <laughs> in some of the games i played this year uh, on handhelds good point yep same here um but I think there was a definite spirit, and that spirit seems mm-hmm. to be somewhat intact these days. I, I think uh, there are still people making smaller scoped games uh, that that work within limitations and are on something like are on something like the Switch, and yeah. and those still feel like handheld games. But when it comes to a show like this and us pointing at games and saying, oh, this, these are some of our favorite handheld games of the year, <laughs> like, am I going to put a game like Genshin Impact on my list? Mm. It's like, I thought Genshin mm. Impact was fun. I, I, li- I like Genshin Impact. I spent some money on Genshin Impact. Um, <laughs> I, I did not play the iOS version of, of Genshin Impact, but it's there, and from all accounts, it's very playable. It's coming, and it's coming to Switch next year. Uh, yeah. So, I, like, that is technically a handheld game. It technically works on handhelds. Should we count it here? And and part of me wants to go, no, absolutely not. Like, that's not what a handheld game is. Like, we and I a have spirit to that. I have friends that, like, the other day he asked me, like, hey, uh, do you play Call of Duty on your phone? Like, you can just pair, like, you know, your controller up to it, and that's how I've been playing. I'm like, nah, like, hey, I don't really play Call of Duty all that much anymore. Uh, and before just getting a new phone, like my battery would die, like, you know, in 50 minutes of just playing or not even 50, like half an hour of mm-hmm. playing Call of Duty on that kind of phone. And it's like, yeah, like uh, I feel like there are some games that do lend themselves well to a handheld nature, like JRPGs mm-hmm. have shown them to be like, you know, the ones that are at least less complicated than uh, I have not played it this year, but uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Remastered. Mm. Uh, seems to be with, uh, you know, they tried it on the 3DS, the new 3DS, I should say, uh, and didn't really hit. And, you know, they tried again on the Switch, and it seems like, you know, with an extra analog stick, a little bit extra hardware behind it, they're able to, you know, get a better experience out of it. Uh, But I also think of, like, Metroidvanias or uh, Fire Emblem strategy games, like turn-based strategy games like that, seem to really lend themselves well on a handheld experience because there's this this nature of like oh i can pick up play a few turns do just a little bit of grinding or just uh or even like i find something like night in the woods uh and story-based games like after party came out this year it's not gonna like make my top top uh 10 because i just didn't complete it because final fantasy 7 and (laughs) last was part 2 came around and i was more focused on those 
but I feel like these like just small story based games where you can play for like you know fifteen or twenty minutes. It's like like reading a book for a little bit. It's easy to pick up and put down and go back to. Uh, so I still think that you know there are still ways you can find games that lend themselves well to being handheld games. Uh, that you know we've seen time and time again on the Switch seems to work really well. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not even sure if it's necessarily genre locked. Like I I can think of mm. I, I could go back to something like uh, Metroid. Uh, shit, what's it called? Uh, <laughs> Metroid Prime Hunters on on mm-hmm, yep. on DS and go. You know, that's a first person shooter, which I would say traditionally is a console or PC genre like the, those are where you'd like to play those games that's where they feel the best and i'm not i'm not out here saying metroid prime hunters feels amazing but i think they used the 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 they tried something different they tried something different they used the system in interesting ways they worked within their limitations and they mm-hmm. came out with something that i think feels like a handheld game even though it's in a genre that i would not say is a handheld genre traditionally if they only had better level designs, they were almost there. <laughs> yeah, and, and there was some backtracking, which I know is a Metroid thing, but not so much in this game. Uh, yeah, well, we also got Moon, uh, which I still always mean to play. Um, I played a little bit, that 3DS like kind of remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well, you can, yeah, you can pretty much play it on the... Uh, uh, new 3ds with the two analog sticks and it makes it like pretty much a lo-fi kind of shooter ish kind of thing it's not great it's okay uh but when you can get like a switch and play a perfect port of doom or doom 2 or doom 64 Mm -hmm. and i gotta say doom is fucking cool on the switch (laughs) yeah i mean after you've signed your life away to bethesda to be able to access those games Uh, that's Small price to pay to, to battle demons in hell on Mars. Fair enough. So, I would say that uh, those ports are probably better than the 32X port of Doom, which is yes. the only way I have played Doom. <laughs> that's, such a, I, that's such a sad thing to say, but it's so true. You know what? Doom 64, though, kind of legit. Really? Okay. I gotta I, say, I have to give... in its own, its own special way, it's not as... I gotta say, the original Doom is just straight up goofy as hell, sure. and uh, the soundtrack helps that. Doom sixty four seems to take that like, oh, what if it was you know if Doom three was just a few like you know a couple of years too early uh, for what it was trying to do with uh, like three D effects and lighting and everything. Mm. It's like oh, we gotta make this super serious and dark. It's like Doom sixty four. It's just like oh, let's take the Doom engine, make it a little bit more three D, and uh, add add some very ambient soundtrack. Uh, I kind of like the goofiest more, but still, you can get those games dirt cheap on the Switch. Like, I think I didn't pay more than, like, two bucks each, and that seems like to be the perfect price uh, for something that plays it really well. And uh, I played through a lot of, like, the first Doom this year, even though, you know, that came out, like, I think, like, last year. That was a last year Mm -hmm. game port. And, of course, Doom has been around since the early 90s because it's fucking Doom. Uh, but yeah, like I, I've been just like this year has just been going back a lot to my switch of like older games, uh, Ori in the Blind Forest. Uh, I will pick up Ori in the Will of the Wisp, uh, when I finish Ori in the Blind Forest, but it's a Metroidvania. I feel like I get more time to play it on that than I would on the big screen, even though I know it will, you know, I can just dock it and play it on the big screen if I want right. to, uh, Hollow Knight. Again, I played more of that in handheld mode than I played on the big screen. Uh, and uh, these other games uh, that we'll probably get into, but one of them this year is Carry On, 
uh, that came out this year, and it's like a great experience in handheld mode, but you can also play it on the big screen. It's the kind of just the same exact experience. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, to put a bow on this before we get into actually talking about uh, our, our favorite games mm. or games that interested us this year, uh, like there is this dueling personalities inside me and one of them is saying like you know what a handheld game is and there are things that are handheld games and there are things that aren't handheld games and we need to cut all those non-handheld games out of gotta this. be elitist exactly this. like i'm never i'm never gonna do a show on genshin impact on gamers on the go because that's not a handheld game i don't care if it's on 30 handheld systems it's not a handheld game um but the other part of me is like you know it, handheld gaming is like language in that it is forever fluid and you know it's on a it's on a handheld system man you know it's fine that it's it's a handheld game it's okay it's cool and and those those personalities those uh those thoughts are are always uh struggling for position inside my mind uh (laughs) but i think for this show there there is a, a feel and and it is nebulous. It's it's like I I cannot uh, put a clean cut and say these are handheld games. These aren't. It is very much a, I know it when I'll see it kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And and for me, a game like Fire Emblem Three Houses, not quite a handheld game. It feels like it's lost some of its handheld really? feeling nature to me. Whereas other fire emblem games i go back to something like fates or awakening or or shadows of valentia or even further back to the gpa and i go oh these Mm -hmm. are definitely handheld games they have that there's there's something about the way they feel that feels more handheld to me than than this new one does even though the mechanics are mostly the same i mean there's definitely innovation that there was that was there some that i like some that i don't like uh but but yeah there there is just a nebulous thing of i'll know it when i see it what a handheld game is and what isn't uh, and I guess that's kind of how this show's going to go going forward, that we'll, <laughs> we'll just do it by feel. But uh, even th- the point is, even though handheld gaming as a concept is, is much more nebulous these days, uh, the, the spirit of handheld gaming lives on, and I think that's what we live on as this podcast. So with that in mind, with whatever criteria you'd like to apply to the games that you want to talk about here... I think it's time for us to just get into it and, and talk about some of the games that came out this year that we liked. And you mentioned Carrion, yeah. so I think we should start with that game because uh, I also played it. Yeah, and it was one of our like most anticipated games for like since it was announced like a couple of years ago at an E3. Uh, it had such a great digital pitch. press conference. Yeah, like all they had to say was it's a reverse horror game or it's a reverse survival game. Wait. Mm. No, reverse horror game. That's what reverse horror game. You reverse play the monster. Game. You are this like, ball of flesh that just consumes everything in its path. Uh, you have to be sneaky about it. You have to like it, it. It is kind of like a Metroidvania style game where you are, there's a little backtracking. You gain upgrades to get through uh, soft lock keys areas that you know you have to progress for you know further in and things like that. Uh, and yeah, I, I just loved the absolute like mayhem that you can cause in this game and just the weird body horror of it all it definitely doesn't take itself too seriously and there's a lot of goofiness to it uh i think it did fall short just a bit for me though in that like i wish there was like 
not more game, but I wish like there was more reaction with the enemy AI. Like it seems like they just stand there as their buddy gets chomped and thrown out at them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I wish there was just a little bit more of like that fear reaction uh, that like it seems like some of the uh, like enemies have and uh, like enemy fodder that don't attack or anything like that. But still, like for just a quick little game, it's like you know, it's like one of those cheap little things you can play in like you know quick chunks that just is it's kind of just oddly satisfying yeah little little chunks or an afternoon and you can get that game finished it's not it's not entirely that long uh i agree with you though like i i think that game makes an incredible first impression uh like i said when the developers say something like reverse horror horror game that's something that just hooked me right away uh i matt you know me i don't like horror stuff i don't like being scared (laughs) i i am a little wimp in that in that regard and Mm. i've i've come to terms with that but the idea that I get to be the monster, that I get to be the one who uh, makes all these things happen, that interested me. It interested me in the same way that playing a game like Mark of the Ninja did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it interested me in the same way that playing uh, the Batman Arkham Asylum did. Mm-hmm. And, and to your point, I think a lot of what those games were kind of going for uh, was trying to be gotten here in in carrion and i think it did fall short in some of those regards specifically like the one that you mentioned where it it felt like they wanted to have a fear sanity kind of system that batman did or or even that mark of the ninja did and it didn't feel like the characters the the npcs the the enemies were reactive enough to the way that the monster worked like yes they would go on little patrols but it didn't really feel like yeah, they wouldn't react to like what was happening around them, and that's okay. Maybe they all have time to do that in a sequel because it seemed like you know it was a a good out the front, you know, out the gate kind of success for them. So sure. uh, yeah, hopefully, I, there's more like they can they can develop this idea a little bit more uh, into something uh, like even even more unique. Yeah, I part of me I, I I wish that this game would either would have either gone further or would have pulled it back a little bit. I think if it pulled it back and was just Hey, you're a monster, and you get to kill everything, and it's it's uh, it's kind of zany and things like that. That'd be great. But it did get into mechanics. It did get the idea that you're three different sizes of monster. It did get yeah. uh, these puzzle solving segments where you had to take over somebody's body in a very specific way, or and, how you react in water, or certain sure. like bombs that you would attach to you that you'd have to figure out how to get around. Like, and yeah, I think there was some a of those, lot there. And I think some of those were cool. Uh, but some of those were also fiddly in a way that took me out of the the fantasy of mm. I'm the monster, I'm the killing machine. Um, but then, again, it didn't go far enough to take those mechanics all the way there and make me feel like, oh, this is a really complex uh, simulation kind of game that I get to play around in as well. It didn't hit either of those things. It tried to kind of meet in the middle, and I feel like that's where it kind of failed, but I do want to state, like, it makes yeah. a really good first impression. And, and it's also short, so it doesn't last long enough to really get a bad taste in your mouth. Nope, just... And there's, like, optional stuff to do that, you know. And it also helps that it controls wonderfully, too. Yes. Like, like, skidding around, like, a, you know, these, like, you move in one direction and your these tentacles, like, latch on to just things in the level. It's almost like this, like, the Marvel Spider-Man that came out on PS4, like, how they did the web technology. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it is sticking to something in the level. 
and this seems to have like that same kind of like physics based uh, like uh, behind it. It's, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I'd say it's even easier than that. It, it is effortless mm-hmm. yeah. to just almost like, effortless to just roll. But around. like you said, like if you're too big, it's hard to squeeze through little tight corridors and things like that. So there's a, a bit of a trade off as you like get more powerful and like, you have to like. Uh, you know, the the bigger you are, the different powers you get. So maybe you have to step down and things like that to get through puzzles. It's it's a fascinating game that doesn't overstay its welcome. But I, I feel like uh, if, the, if like there was just a little bit more, I would re- revisit this uh, like other games like Batman and things like that to like see how enemy AI works. Like one of the reasons I go back to playing Halo is because the enemy AI is just so good to like, you know, go in certain like situations and sure. play that, you know, like play like the beach invasion on uh, uh silent cartographer is mm-hmm. like such a thrill because like the enemy ai does a lot of different things every time you play it it's so great and in this game like i feel like if it had that uh, there'd be like a mode where i could just continue to play like in random uh perpetually get generating levels that would just continue to go on and get these like you know awesome situations out of that you know, just randomly happen with like a good enemy AI that reacts well to these like horrific events they see, yeah. and it almost gets there. It just almost gets there. Man, but. maybe maybe this game would be better better as a roguelike. It like that's if, <laughs> if you had different mutations you could pick up. Like I don't want to backseat game design, but just the way you talked about that in in that way made me think, like, ooh, that might be an interesting way, especially yeah. if it's something was uh, generated the levels and was a little less puzzle based like i think the yeah. puzzles where i had to slow down and i had to do something uh it's like this is like this is this is because i was uh, like thinking like would, wouldn't it be cool like you freak an enemy out and he actually runs and trips one of their own like traps right. and that causes a chain reaction like those kind of situations would be great for this kind of game it's just it's you know at some point you got to ship a game like yes, you know like definitely. and i think what is there is definitely worth checking out and you know by this time it's not it'll probably be under like 15 10 bucks like you know if it goes under like 10 bucks definitely check it out uh if you're too squeamish i mean it's in 2d but yeah it's it's you know not not for the faint heart i would say yeah i mean it, it's cheap it's uh, effective at what it does it, it does have that really good first impression i think it's an incredible proof of concept for for this team for the studio and i am interested to see that if they did make a second one where they would go with it uh, because i do think it has a ton of potential uh, but yeah, I mean, K- Carrion is is great. It's it's one of my favorite experiences this year, even if I don't think it's one of my favorite games this year. Yeah, should call out the studio. Phobia Game Studio is the name of the developer. Good. On. Uh, and of course, pu- published by Devolver, our our big time. Like probably mm-hmm. like they they definitely understand probably the Switch the most uh, with a lot of these games, even though they both you know again lend themselves well on the big screen as well as in handheld. Yeah, I, I think there are a couple of publishers out there right now in Devolver and Annapurna who are mm-hmm. who just have uh, an incredibly uh, curated uh, list of games. Like they they have a, a house style, if you mm-hmm. if you will, that they are able to nail in almost all of their games, and and they are doing some really incredible work, uh, both on handhelds and off of handhelds. And like I, any time that I see those names come up on on games, I go, oh, maybe I need to check this out because mm. if it has the backing of either of those publishers, then I know it might be something special. Yeah, definitely. Like I didn't even check out Disc Room this year because it came out just a little too late, mm. and I just like you know, like ah, I just I forgot to check that one out. And uh, like seeing it at PAX East is like, oh, this game looks like really interesting. Uh, like just a pretty much avoidance kind of game. 
with the same kind of bloody tendencies of uh, carry on, like just very grotesque and a lot of like, like uh, uh, ape out yeah. uh, from last year, same as devolver, like, you know, hyper violent, uh, Again, though, though, there's just too many releases like <laughs> nowadays too. Well, that doesn't definitely. help. Definitely, there's there's not enough time. Even during a pandemic, when we're all locked in our homes, there still mm-hmm. somehow is not enough time uh, to play and watch and read and do all the things that we want. Um, yeah, but you can always you can always build a virtual life, right? <laughs> I mean, you could. You certainly could, and that's what I've spent most of my time doing this year matt um i i guess that is a a pretty good prompting for me to talk about some animal crossing ah yes (laughs) you had to bring it up but yes i I did not play any animal crossing this year um i did i do have like a sister that did play a fair amount of animal crossing and really got into it until she dropped her switch and uh has to send it in for repairs Ah, Uh, but you have played an animal crossing before correct i've played i played the original gamecube one um i'm a little dismayed i can't you've played them all then matt it's okay like yeah like i I love animal crossing but honestly they they are so similar across the board i still have my save i can't find the disc i'm a little dismayed by that uh and i did the most i've played was uh, new leaf on the 3ds which is a really 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 good one absolutely and I I kind of do want to get this uh, kind of Animal Crossing, but again, I don't feel like I can make the commitment. I'm scared of commitments, so <laughs> uh, you know, at some at some point, I'm, I might let my uh, town to rot, and I don't want to do that. So why why even start? I, why bother? I, I get it. Yeah, it's it's. But it looks it looks so dope. Like watching like other streamers play it and things like that in their villages, or people just sharing. Uh, you know fan art the memes of like this past year mm-hmm. of like not only doom guy and isabel but like tom nook and isabel doing like that that dance like you know tom nook and isabel dancing to uh you making my dreams by hall and oats right, or right. something like that or whatever or ducktales because uh, the two songs sound the same sure. or something like that but anyway uh yeah it like and it's it no surprisingly it's gonna it's gonna be like one of the best sellers of the year and uh the best selling in the series uh of all time for this uh franchise and, and i think part of that is just due to the immense popularity of the switch uh, a lot of switches are out there there's a lot of excitement behind a system like that um you are you have merged your handheld market and your and your tv console market your home console market and you've been left with this very big install base. So I, 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 part of me is like, yeah, of course it would have been. But then we also had the extenuating circumstances of mm-hmm. COVID-19 and this game coming out literal weeks after the, the country had gone into lockdown. Remember when everyone was begging, like, Nintendo yeah. just released like, it a week like, early. Like, I was definitely one of those people. Was like, <laughs> it, this is the perfect game to come out right now. Like, just put it out. Put it out now. Oh, man. Uh, I, if I was in charge of that, I'd be so frustrated. It's like, you don't understand how hard this fucking yeah. is. I, yeah, I know. There's all sorts of marketing dollars and things like that that require you to put a game out at a very specific time. Logistics, uh, logistics, logistics. But, when, but, hey, it came out and people got occupied for a while incredible i I am still occupied i matt i i have played this game every Every day day since it has come out for at least like 10 20 minutes every single day and you know how i know that is because i told myself on the second day that i was playing this i had an idea popped into my head of like ooh, this new photo mode that's in here is pretty good and oh look at this there's there's an option to put like a, a little frame like a little uh polaroid looking frame and it even puts like the the 
orangey red date in the in the corner of the screenshot like you could put on that filter and it's like huh that's interesting like part of me wants to just make like some kind of travel log like i i am locked in my home right now there's no going anywhere you know wouldn't it be kind of fun to to just like visit lots of different places and just show like all the places i quote unquote traveled to this year oh, man and and since that second day of animal crossing to today i have taken a photo with with my character in different clothes with different villagers it's given me a reason to uh destroy stuff on my island and build it back up again in different ways <laughs> it's uh like I, I, i'm a person in animal crossing in previous games where i'd find my outfit and then that's just my outfit like this is these are the clothes i wear i'm gonna wear the flame shirt i'm gonna wear the eight ball shirt like these are the shirt like i just that's that's what I'm gonna wear. I don't need to get anything extra out of this. This is ridiculous. But now that it was, oh, I'm taking a photo every single day. I don't want to be wearing the same clothes every single day. That's stupid. Hell no. And also, hell there no. are so many more Gotta clothes in this in this game than previous <laughs> games. Uh, I mean, you can also you have so many people designing stuff as well too. Absolutely. I've. Uh, uh, what do you think of like the terraforming? Like that's pretty new and radical for this kind of game. Uh, I think that the results can be incredibly amazing. I, I've seen some. Uh, really rad islands on on youtube mm. or through the the dream thing that they put in somewhat recently where you can just visit players islands based on their dream code that people can tweet out or, or post in different places yeah uh-huh uh-huh yeah i mean that was a feature that was in previous animal Crossing. that was a new leaf i think there's a there's like an annie yeah yeah you're right you're right yeah. but it, they brought it into this uh this animal crossing because at first it didn't seem like they needed it you had ways of visiting other players islands Street passing. Better, I miss well, street passing. Yes, I miss street passing. This, so much. this definitely could use some street pass features. Mm. Um, that was that was definitely not the that coolest. that does any good right now, was, but still, sure, like, sure. It, but that was the coolest feature of New Leaf is to just see other people's houses uh, and then to be able to go inside and look at their items and then purchase stuff through their catalogs based on what they had in their homes. That was that was an incredible feature. Um, and they've taken that away here, but in lieu of that, it's easier than ever to travel to other players' islands, see other people's towns, and to trade with them. Uh, so, so it's kind of made up for. And then they said, well, now that it's easier than ever to do that, what if we made things incredibly bullshit by saying some items have like special or have specific colors. There's like four different <laughs> colors of this item, but your island. So wait, so wait, they did, they did the, it's Malibu Stacy, but with the hat. Now. Yes. They, yes. Oh, uh-huh. absolutely. Um, I mean, they did, they just did fruit again. It's like, I mean, it's always fruit. It's animal. Crossing. Sure. I mean, what else are they going to do? But they did, they apply vegetables, they applied fruit to yeah. everything, just turnips. <laughs> yeah. They applied fruit to everything though. So now it's, hey, I have peaches on my island. You have apples. Give me some of your apples. It's, I have the basketball on my island. You have the volleyball on your island. It's the same, it's the same item. It's just that yours gotcha, has gotcha. a different skin. I would like that other, I would like the volleyball. Please. I'm, I'm thinking it's like, oh, you have a basketball too, but it has a cool hat. <laughs> yes. Or it has a way cooler pattern yeah, than not, I want Not exactly the same. Although I would say maybe the... You know they'll do that one time. <laughs> they'll do it and then... <laughs> maybe the closest no one, one, there's like a, a little... Um, lucha libre bobblehead uh and they have different colored masks (laughs) with different with different um patterns on them and don't promise me a good time (laughs) so i've i've actually collected i think 
three or four of the set of those of the mm. different colors and uh and there's even been like a cottage nice. industry of you can go to nookazon.com and you can trade with other players or tell other players that you want stuff and then make in-game trades. Anyway, the point is, this is this is getting a little further out than I meant to, but Animal Crossing, for me, has been this constant in my life. More than any other Animal Crossing game has in the past, I think I agree with you that New Leaf was probably the one that took up the most time uh, before any of these other ones. And I put considerable time into all of them. Uh, except for uh, city, the city one on the Wii. I didn't play. Okay, city. Folk? Yeah, I didn't. I, think I didn't play the yeah, with the microphone. Yeah, I, I didn't play that one because it wasn't on a handheld system. Uh, microphone on the Wii. I, I played yeah. the first one because it was on GameCube, and that was the only. Like, this was just a new thing. This was the only way to play this kind of game. Yeah, I was on it because, like, hey, you can play NES games on on this. Sure, Watch. absolutely. And I'm like, hell yeah! Oh, I have to earn my way yeah, there. Damn even it. still, that was a. Well, or you just get a bunch of e-reader cards like I did. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have the e-reader. That's the problem. Um, and, and then once Wild, I World, wasn't a fool. Chase. Yeah. Once Wild World came out on the the DS, mm. it was like, oh well, wait a minute. This makes so much more sense on a handheld system. You mean I can close this and put it in suspend mode and play it right. later? Uh, and then you just never go back. And like City yep. Folk didn't make sense to me. New Leaf was perfect. And then now we've got this one that is that blending of of both worlds because what did, what, did they have a board game in between? Uh, we don't talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I know, um, I know. But Oof. but yeah, I mean this this game has been has been a way to uh, to deal with COVID nineteen in in a real way, mm. and it it sounds silly, but. In in very real terms, I have scheduled play dates with my friends. I have gone over and visited their <laughs> islands, looked at their homes, and like this is like socialization. This, time. Yeah, it's social distancing, in but a, in a social distance. Exactly. Day. Like t- distance I, I had my birthday party on Animal Crossing. A couple of my friends came over. We, oh, we nice. posed for a very specific photo so I could take a photo for my birthday. We wore special clothes for it. They gave me gifts. Like it like that's it was cool. It was I mean, it's a little hokey, but it's cool and it's the only way we could have done it. What were what else were we gonna do? Just like it, it, it's kind of ridiculous when you think like how many copies and switches Nintendo is selling with this single game. Like it's it's gonna be one of those sellers that they're just never, you know, they're not gonna make another one for a while. Uh, maybe like another iOS kind of special thing here or there, right. but uh, I I clearly don't see them like Mario Kart. It's not gonna they're not gonna make another one for a long ass time because it's it's gonna sell forever. Yeah, I, I like, agree with you. It, it has the I don't know if it's gonna like do Minecraft numbers, but it's it's up there. It's up it, there though. Like it's doing. Uh, I mean, it's not. I don't it's think not it'll... Minecraft, but it is much bigger I mean, than as, traditional. As, as a whole, as a whole series, as a franchise, it it might skirt Minecraft mm-hmm. numbers, but as a single game, they have. They have hit something where, man, people were thirsty for an Animal Crossing game on the Switch because, like, like, like we 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 joked about the the uh, board game one uh, Amiibo Festival, mm-hmm. but yeah, that it's like I still remember that E three uh, seeing the like, oh wow, they're gonna come out with Amiibos for a Switch Animal Crossing game. That's gonna be oh, it's a board <laughs> game. Like you can immediately feel the deflation. Although those those Amiibos work, all those Amiibos work. In fact, I've all those amiibos I've work. Purchased... You have to. Well, you can probably go to Five Below and get them for cheap. <laughs> I've, I've purchased 
uh, like I never played Amiibo Festival, but I have purchased a decent amount of Animal Crossing Amiibos to get characters' posters, or I've bought those card packs to be able to yep. get villagers into my onto my island. Uh, card packs when they back they had uh, Happy Home Design, and, yeah, or, uh, or brought Amiibos to the new. And, and for me, uh, even earlier, going back to the the e reader, I I had villagers that way. And it's <laughs> I had that fucking e reader. Um, but yeah, I, I mean. The the point is to me like this game has been there for me all year long, uh, it, well since March, but it has been there. It has been available. It is it has been this comfort to to have a little place to call my own, a little place where I can go visit other people, where people can come visit me, uh, where I can do some self expression stuff, and I think they've just they've facilitated all those things better in this game than they have in any other game before. And really, the only thing I don't particularly like in this game is that your uh your tools break uh i i don't mind the, the crafting fire system. emblem strikes again uh, yeah uh-huh uh I, I don't mind the crafting system that they added here i think that actually brings in a, a lot of uh new potential to it and and i like the way that you can customize items that you build as well uh, all that stuff's really cool uh just the idea that i constantly have to either go buy or go make more tools and even when I got the golden version of the tools, which is something that you only get after a lot of play, after doing very specific tasks, which feels like, hey, I really, I really figured this game out. Like I really mastered everything. I caught Do every- the the golden tools need to take a rest after no, too much use. But it is, it is exactly. <laughs> it's worse than that because they'll just break. Oh no! Yeah, oh. It, it's not Breath of the they Wild break. bad. It's worse. It's worse than that. <laughs> I get a golden, a golden I don't fishing know what you're rod. Talking about. I get a recipe. I get a recipe for a golden fishing rod because I've caught every single fish in the game great <laughs> i have to go make a golden fishing rod after with a, a regular fishing rod and a gold piece and finding gold pieces is uh not the easiest thing in this game they they don't show up all that often and a lot of different things use them so you don't want to waste your gold pieces but i did to make the golden fishing rod and guess what that thing eventually breaks it lasts longer than any other kind of fishing rod but it eventually breaks and if i want to make another one i've got to use another gold piece and that's bullshit for somebody who has who has caught every fucking fish just give me give me an unbreakable golden fishing rod saying you did it here's your trophy you never have to make fishing rods ever again and i go great perfect but it's not a perfect world matt it's uh no it isn't i think that's the point of animal crossing as it was originally intended yeah well perfect world original animal crossing had unbreakable tools so they they yeah but you couldn't just they couldn't literally just they literally broke your something that your, your world you couldn't choose where to like you know uh where they lived mm. and everything nowadays that's true like, that's true there's there's a it lot was of... very much like you know it's like you just got to go with the flow uh-huh, and uh-huh. i think the breakable tools is just a reminder like hey life isn't perfect things break maybe especially tools they they literally fix something that wasn't broken and broke it. Uh, I, anyway, I, I'm sorry. It's just it's so funny because like like breakable items seem to be the bane of your existence. They are. They absolutely are. And they managed to put that into Animal Crossing uh, as well too. A lot, like quite a bit. Like there's oh. just the idea of consumables in general. I'm not a big fan of. And uh, this game is filled with consumables mm. and the idea of the the crafting system. But uh, it is it is the most pervasive experience I've had this year. It's 
It's something that I will continue to take photos in. I like going to my friend's islands and taking photos. I like going through my museum every time I get a new painting and, and getting new photos there. It's, I, I think that one feature of the photo mode that tracks the date, such a small thing, but and maybe I'm an edge case in that way, but it's something that has kept me at rapt attention for that game like no other Animal Crossing game has. And it's, it's fun. I, I need to figure out something to do with it, though. I have all these photos. Uh, it got to the point where I had so many photos on my Switch that I needed to uh, take them, take the SD card out, <laughs> put it on my laptop, dump all the photos there, and then delete them from the, Ugh, from the Switch mess. and start again. Um, and, and, oh my God, the photos on the Switch are all in the most individual folders of month and then day. And like to take out one photo from every single day is absolute it's such hell. a mess. It's going to take you forever, dude. It is. It's at I, least you only have 366 to get through. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, but I haven't, I haven't had to do, I, I mean, I've only done the one dump uh, and that was quite a few. That was over half the year just there. So mm. uh, I, I will say it is nice to be e- to easily take a screenshot on the switch yeah. uh, or even a video like you know it's like you know limited to 30 second chunks like it's just so easy just to make like a simple tap and or press and hold and it's like why can't every other console do this i know uh, it'd be nice um but yeah i i mean i need to figure out something to do with that uh at one point i thought oh i should have i should have just made an instagram account and posted all of these on instagram um when they happened mm. or or just do it done it on twitter uh, because I can I can post things directly to Twitter from the Switch. I should have done that. I should have set up account an account just to do that and then linked it there and done that. But I didn't, and now it's too late to do it. So my thinking is I'll just gather up all 365, 66. Was it a leap year? Is that why you said 66? Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, 366 shots and then... Multiples of four, come on. I'll, uh, you know, like the Olympics or you know, presidential elections. Yeah, multiples yep. of four. Um, and, well, not, not Olympics this year, but you know, uh, <laughs> you know, we had, we had some ex- extenu- us all. extenuating circumstances, us. extenuating circumstances. Um, <laughs> I- I'll figure out something. Maybe I'll do like some travelogue blog kind of thing or, uh, you should, I'll, you should, yeah, maybe I'll just print them out and go to Kinko's and put them all You're in, almost a, done. in an album or something. And just, I don't know. Um, but it's been fun. I I've really, really liked animal crossing. Uh, especially for this weird side project thing that I've been doing with it, but that's a lot of that's a lot of Animal Crossing talk. So I think I'm going to throw it back over to you, Matt, and you talk about any game except for the one I know you want to talk about because let's save that. Okay, we will save that <laughs> one. Um, I'll, I'll I'll just hit off of like a few small ones quickly, yeah, that's uh, great. just to get them out of the way. The things that I played that technically are a handheld game or ones that. I, I somewhat think, like I, I've said before, lend themselves uh, well to handheld uh, game like After Party uh, from the uh, makers of Oxenfree. I believe uh, was uh, Juicebox Studios. We love uh, Oxenfree on this podcast. I love Oxenfree on this podcast. I, hate I really. Do. <laughs> I've heard I've heard your your other podcast about Oxenfree, uh, and you've done you've done my <laughs> you've done my boy Ren dirty. Truth hurts, man. Truth hurts. I know it hurts. <laughs> So what, uh, what have you played of After Party? I know you were kind of going through stuff quickly, but I do want to hear, like, it, what's... Yeah, Night School Studios. Sorry, not Juicebox right. Studios. Night School Studios. Are you thinking Drinkbox Studios? The, the... Yes, I was thinking Drinkbox Studios. <laughs> I'm thinking I need a Juicebox. Which box. is also wrong, but yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, like what is what's different about After Party than something like Oxenfree? Well, first of all, you start off, you're dead. Well, that's, I mean, that's... You straight up, you play two characters. Partially different uh, that, from Oxenfree. Yeah. <laughs> you play Milo and Lola, and they wind up like they're, you start off in this party, and then, you know, you're just, you know just getting used to you know just like a typical party you try to make small talk with other people and uh, for some people you you have alcohol to like you know make you feel yourself more comfortable and that's kind of the conceit of this game is like you try to get information out of people by talking to them and also like keeping yourself liquored up <laughs> to sometimes say outlandish thing and it's using that same uh, as oxen for use the uh, sort of adaptive uh, dialogue system where you can interrupt people or give different choices on how you want to take the conversation. Does, does that still uh, feel a little busted? Like that was one of the problems I had with Oxenfree is that part of me wants to listen to the entire thing that somebody, that the voice actor did. I want to listen to the whole line before I, like I never wanted to interrupt somebody, but then at other points it felt like I missed out on something by not interrupting but again, this is also the game you play more than once. Like, there's definitely uh, not, they, not they tease I, at not you. If I don't like, like it. <laughs> like, you run into a taxi driver that brings you. She brings you all over the place uh, uh, for this map, and like, she's like, uh, "So, uh, you know, oh, so this is just your first time through? I'll see. You know, don't worry. I'll, you know, you'll get it uh, eventually." And I'm just like, "Oh, here we go again." Although I have not gone through a first playthrough, uh, but uh, I, just, like I said earlier, like. Final Fantasy VII Remake came out, and I was just way more anticipating that. Don't you and try to outdrink the devil in this game? That's kind of that's kind of like the ultimate like goal is to get out of heaven. You got to outdrink the devil, gotcha. but there are, of course you know things that get in the way of that. Okay. You gotta you gotta first find this person and uh, like say like you know oh this uh, guy snuck into hell and you can't do that. So what do you do? Do you rat him out or you do something else? You know, there's it's definitely like an adventure game. Plus, you also have a uh, your own personal demon that follows you oh, around nice. and will interrupt during times and uh, will bring up things about the characters, you know, the, the personal regrets and things like that, like hangups and whatnot. Uh, so, I don't know. I find there's a lot of charm to this game. Uh, I kind of wish I had spent more time with it, and it's definitely one I probably will revisit. I might have to start over, though, because it's been How a while. does... Okay, so another, another issue I had with Oxenfree was that the traversal around the area just felt very slow and plotting and i really wanted to get from thing to thing much more quickly this game feels from the it's the same engine so it's the same exact thing okay but if you play it in handheld mode you can just use the touch screen and just tap and go somewhere okay do, do the same like oxen do free. the levels to the areas feel as big as something like oxen free or is it like a smaller uh, space to they feel around. about the same like it's like you know there's stairs you have to go up okay. and down there's a layout map of hub sort of thing not, not so much as like a hub world but you know you'll have to get into a taxi cab go through a fake loading screen with more flavor dialogue and things like gotcha. that okay and uh yeah it, it i don't know i just i i find like the writing and the uh like some of the aspects of this game, just like like Oxenfree, I just really enjoyed a lot, and it's kind of more of that in just a very uh, more uh, outlandish kind of setting. Uh, and uh, small other games that I'll talk about, Exit the Gungeon, uh, came out this year on Switch, and I think it lends itself much better with actual physical controls. It's uh, like a two D side scrolling version of Enter the Gungeon instead of a top down twin stick shooter. 
this time you're running an elevator to escape the gungeon and you can you know jump but also at the same time as you jump you dodge at the same time so instead of having a dodge roll you also have a dodge jump as well Hmm. too uh it's it's more of that you know instead of a changing uh you know or a uh, perpetually generated dungeon it's a sort of like oh you're going to run into randomly generated enemies on this elevator right up and then there's going to be a stop and you're going to face some more enemies in this like you know, gap room and get to the next elevator, fake the boss. And it continues on until you escape. Uh, haven't beaten it because I suck at these kind of games. Uh, but uh, yeah, this came out on Apple Arcade, I think uh, late last year. It was just before, like kind of like right after. Sounds right. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but still like you can get a cheap on the switch. It's like constantly under like five bucks. Another devolver. Uh, exactly. And uh, yeah. And uh I think I'll just quickly mention, since I played one iOS game, uh, The Pathless uh, came out November 15th, I think, for Apple Arcade and also PS4. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's an interesting game. It's a very it's almost like a if Legend of Zelda was way more devoid, like like if Breath of the Wild was way more devoid yeah. and a bit more, I don't want to say moody and be general like that, but there's a different like uh, kind of creepy atmosphere to it. The, the the reductionist but, uh, takes that I've seen and said myself is like it's Breath of the Wild meets Shadow of the Colossus. Kinda, kinda. I didn't get too far into it because I just started like a few days ago, uh, and I am frustrated by touch controls like mm. as, such as this because it's like you're moving with one uh, with like the right thumb, and then uh, you're jumping by tapping the screen with the left thumb, but you're also doing. Uh, pretty much like auto targets to gain speed and magic uh with this uh, like bow and arrow ability that you know is gain this like this you fill this meter you gain like this ability to dash and keep going further and faster uh you can get like a sort of a double jump if you do it in the air and there's like some timing and rhythm but like just trying to get like i i sometimes i cry for an analog mm. stick when i get like trying to control these kind of games uh, i think it i think it I said, does have controller support uh, on it does have controller support i'm not going to play this kind of game with fair. controller support I, I, unless it's something like the switch yeah, like, I, i'm it has to come built in i'm sorry no, no, no. I, i'm with you i have i've never played a, a phone or ipad game with a with a controller i know my my co-host bobby on the casual hour has been playing some of the pathless on his ipad with a controller and he mm. has enjoyed it very much um mm-hmm. if it wasn't if it wasn't 50 dollars, i think it's 50 dollars on wow. on uh, PS4 and, and PS5, and I just I refuse to pay that because it's free with Apple Arcade. Yes. Like and, ugh, you know, I can't getting another trial Apple Arcade. I might as well like check out what they have. And this was like, oh yes, I remember them showing this. I think it was like PS5. It was one of their like uh, the games they show. Or no, it was it was at like one of the Apple keynotes mm-hmm. they showed uh, for like you know the new ios yeah. and like what's coming for apple Arcade. and it's gorgeous like it, it looks great it it's, is it's gorgeous. from the makers of abzu which is a game i i love mm-hmm. um which is is kind of hitting in those same feel areas that that something like the soundtrack Journey. is great and it, uh, like, austin Winnery did the soundtrack i think i believe so i think, I'm not 100% I think that's sure right. who did the soundtrack but it definitely has like a very uh uh, like uh, Southeast Asian, like uh, sort of flavor to it, to the music. Like I don't know what that uh, instrument is that makes that sort of throat singing kind of mm. sound. Uh, it's like not like a didgeridoo, more high pitched. 
than that. Uh, if you if people have played Uncharted two, it's like when you get to Tibet, it's like it plays that all that all the friggin' yeah. time. Uh, it, that that's very prominent in the soundtrack, and it's great. And it's like, but and there are other things like uh, you get an eagle. Uh, in the early parts of the game that helps you glide and things like that and if it gets damaged you have to rub it to like you know clean it basically and you're using the touch screen to rub it and i I can imagine like on the ps4 you would use the touchpad or something like that but like for something like this i'm like i wish it was on the switch or something like that but on the other hand i don't think the switch could run a game like this as well as uh, a new model probably. iPhone. So you're probably right about that. Uh, there, I, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to check out more of it uh, since I got a couple of months on uh, Apple Arcade to check it out. The mobility stuff in that uh, game is just—it it looks awesome. The the idea of just it's, this smooth and like gliding or sliding and hitting those arrows on those points that are just like these crystals that are dispersed all around the the world. And you are you're just picking off these crystals with your with your bow and arrow that keeps your boost going, and you are just flying through these areas, and that stuff just seems incredibly incredibly cool. I I, I don't know about the yeah, rest but of it's the not, game. It's not that open though. At least what I've played, yeah. like I don't know if there's like any big open fields because it all feels very tight and constrained so far of what mm. I've played. But again, I just started like I'm like like at the very beginning of this game, but it definitely. Like it looks really cool sure. and it's not impossible to control, I should say, with touch controls. Uh, but I do like wish I had a, a tactical button to press on some yeah. of these things or an analog stick to get around some of these corners and, and platforming elements. And uh, yeah, I, I think the only other kind of small game I have worth mentioning is Super Mario Brothers 35, which is it I know worth you adore mentioning? quite a lot. I don't know because it is like like Tetris ninety nine. Although you can you can buy Tetris ninety nine for a single player and local multiplayer now as well too. This is all online and you can only play it online. And, and you can only play limited. it for a few more months. Yep, yep. Like I said, like I guess Mario is going away March thirty first because they announced uh, that uh, you can't upload any more levels in Super Mario Maker for the Wii U, uh, and also that's when uh, Mario three D All Stars gets delisted. It's a very weird culling so, of things. Super Mario must just Mario must well, die it's on a, March thirty first, twenty twenty one. It's not just Mario. It's uh, that Fire Emblem well, one remake is also going away on March thirty first. Uh, collateral damage, I. See. <laughs> But I, I guess we're going to get to like another year of Luigi or something like that. But <laughs> yes, we're going to get Mario Super 35 Luigi is, 35 coming yeah, next year. Yeah, there we year. go. Now we're talking. <laughs> but Super Mario 35, just quickly, it's it's pretty much just everyone's playing Mario Brothers. Uh, and any enemies you defeat adds time to your clock to continue going and adds junk to an opponent that you can either select at random or whoever is ahead. And... I, I kind of enjoy this game for what it is. I have not played that much more of it other after like beating like beating it after winning mm-hmm. like number one several times in a row because it's more of a game of patience and if you also uh, strategic strategically use coins to use like this item roulette mm-hmm. to either get like a you know, star at the last second or you hoard fireballs and just take yourselves really really slow and build your clock by getting enemies. But you get like ridiculous things like maybe three browsers being sent at you in a place that you're like, crap, I have no way of getting out of this because I'm totally screwed. Like there's just this random element to it that is just very entertaining. Uh, But it's not I don't call it a Tetris 99. Like it's definitely not. 
yeah. as engaging as that. Yeah, I think I think as a battle royale game, I do not play many battle royale games. I played Tetris ninety nine, and that's it. I've I've never played Fortnite. You played the best one, so why play any other? Exactly. I've never played Fortnite or Apex or PUBG or any of that stuff. Um, and but but I've watched a lot of those games, and I understand the the mechanics of of uh, battle royale games, and I like the idea of them, even if I don't necessarily like playing them. And the problem I had with a game like this is that, like you said, that there's like a gamifying system, like a game on top of the game uh, to to hoard coins, to use that power-up generator, to play Mario in a different way than mm-hmm. we've played Mario in the past, to and play it more patiently, which it's just, it's not... That's just not Mario to me at that point. It that, feels like an fair. entirely different I, I kind of like the zaniness of it because like, mm-hmm. all the warp levels are still there. All like Right, but like, that also broke the If you know where that one-up is, you get an extra, like you get an easy 20 coins and that's an easy roulette wheel. Like Ugh. you can loop yourself into one one. Yes, and, and it just, sucks. Like, that sucks. Because that's oh, what man. I did too. I, I immediately started playing that game. Yeah. You start on one one. I get to one two. I go to the warp room just because it's like, oh, that's what I always do. I wonder what that'll be. And it gives you three options of levels. And the options I got were: Do you want to go back to one one? Do you want to go to one two again? Or do you want to go like super far in? And I go well. Are you gonna go one one or one two? Well, I like, guess I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, go to one go... one. Because why wouldn't I go to one one? It's easy. I already have a fire flower, and then I just kept playing the same boring level again and again and again. I think again. the more you play, it also unlocks. You know, as the more levels you unlock, those things become way more randomized. Sure, so it definitely seems to lend itself. Like, oh, if you're starting out, it might be a little easier for but you. The, but the point is, it didn't feel like there was incentive to play the game correctly or play the game mm-hmm. well. Uh, or ex- to try to excel in the game, uh, I, I'm not. I don't. No, I don't you need just got to be, be patient. I think right, is, is but I don't. The main thing I don't is. need to be a speed runner here, but I do think there should be some kind of bonus or some kind of incentive for players to move forward to say that I shouldn't just Matt. You're dying. On, Matt, you're dying on me, buddy. You need you. I need you here, coughing up a storm. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> you won't hear that uh, because I have a special well, lever. I heard it on my mixer. I heard it. And that's all that matters. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but there's no incentive for players to to go further in that game. Like for me, it was well, yeah, go back to the easy level because that's the one you can keep going on. And that is something that the other that the that the previous fan made Mario uh, battle royale game before mm-hmm. before we were even talking about battle royale games. I remember playing this thing in college. Like, that's what that game did well. It was everyone's just trying to play Super Mario Brothers, and the further you got, the better you were doing. And at the end, whoever lasted longest by being, like, by also, by virtue of also being the furthest in the game, is is the winner. And that that just felt more right to me as what a battle royale should be. That That me playing at an exceptional level should cull the people below me. Uh, and this one feels like if I just cheese it right, then that then just wait it out. See, I'm fine with nah. that. So <laughs> that that is just that's that's totally the same. Going back to one one is the same thing as hiding in a bathtub in PUBG. That's <laughs> that is that same bullshit of. You say these are problems. I see these as strategy. <laughs> well, then we fundamentally disagree on what a Mario battle royale game should be, and I guess that's okay. 
but I'm glad this game is going away well, in March. <laughs> I, I might take issue with probably what your next one's going to be, that is this truly a handheld game, Chase? Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> is this... Because I take issue with this. Is it, Not is really, it, though, because I, fi- I find it I find it awesome. Is well. it handheld? Is it a game? Who knows? Uh, but I love it. And, and this is really the game that's fascinated me the most this year, and it's Blaseball. Uh, it, it's a game that you can play in a web browser, so I, I've played it on my laptop, which I would say is portable. I've played it on my Counts. phone. I've played it on my phone. Which is a handheld device. Uh, when I can log in. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of logging in. It, I'm sure that's I'm sure that's gotten better, though. Well, the, the no. yes. the If you're talking about the site um, integrity, then yes. It, it, is, it loads. And it doesn't give you the bad gateway like it did okay. a billion times. But it will ask you to continue to log in all the time and it never <laughs> seems to remember my my uh username and password so that's that's been annoying <laughs> that i have logged into this site what feels like hundreds of times this year um but yes blaseball is for for those for the uninitiated here blaseball is a game <laughs> where uh experience yeah, you are you're a fan it, it feels it feels a lot like real sports in that you get to pick your team pick your pick which team you would like to become a fan of at the very beginning there are 20 different teams uh you don't get to know anything about the teams other than their names and their logos uh, the some of them are feel pretty standard uh other one like baltimore crabs it's like okay that's a city i'm boston flowers sure that's a city i'm familiar with that's a thing that you know probably wouldn't necessarily be a major league team but uh you know major league mascot but you know it's it's a mascot it's an animal i get that uh but then you get into further weirder things like the new york millennials or the hellmouth sunbeams or the one i ended up choosing which was the hades tigers uh you're not going to talk about the moist talkers? Sure, the the Canada moist talkers, definitely. <laughs> the the Charleston shoe thieves. We can go on and on with all the teams that have played. Uh, uh, these names th- are they great. are great names. And then you get into further great names once you've chosen a team. You get to actually see the players that are on those team on all the teams, and the players also have incredible names. And they will uh, they they all have been generated randomly uh, and from like a pool of different words the the pool has actually expanded uh, as the game has gone on so we're now seeing different names and more fun names it, it's great though axel trollolo uh the the best player ever jessica telephone uh yeah. there's there's been it's uh, who's the marijuana one Dom, uh, well there's dominic shit. marijuana there's also yep. uh the, there were didn't he did I die in a fiery blaze he did he did um yep. Yep, in shame, fact, shame. in fact, I think uh, there are three marijuana brothers, and I believe all of them <laughs> have have blazed that. it. Um, oh, oh, damn! Al- although well, Dominic marijuana fitting. did come back uh, as it, really? well. There's a oh, Matt, you, you're going to put me down a rabbit hole <laughs> that nobody is okay. Nobody's okay, ready to go quick, down to quick thirty second version. Okay, the idea is that they then became there was a, a new thing that was added called the Hall of Flame, which is where all these mm-hmm, dead yep. players ended up, uh, and then that was like a leaderboard that you could spend a, a in-game currency with to uh, the peanuts. Uh, yes, yes, you could spend peanuts you could, to pay tribute to these Hall of Flame players, and then the top 
group of them were all taken by this giant squid to fight a peanut god um and oh and then it was like two super teams who went at each other in like a jrpg <laughs> boss fight and dominic marijuana was one of those hall of flame pay- players who i believe hit the winning home run to kill the peanut god and free us all from the discipline era uh, so, so, wow. you know, Dominic marijuana, 30 seconds. He did it pretty good. Dominic marijuana. He's, he's an OG. He's a good dude. Um, rest in violence, uh, <laughs> which is, which is rest in peace. Except that, uh, there was a, the fir- one of the first players to get killed was named Landry violence from my team, the Hades tigers. Uh, so now everyone just says rest in violence instead of rest in peace for any player who dies. It's mm-hmm. very good. Uh, anyway, so it's, it's fake baseball more or less and you you see quote unquote you see what happens in these games by looking at an ever updating box score or a number of box scores that are on the baseball website and you can see uh how how the teams are doing and everything goes very quickly games games finish within an hour and a, a bunch of games are played each day and a season lasts for a single week so they play. You play Monday to Saturday. Saturday's the the postseason, and then on Sunday, their kind of like day of rest is also when the game gets much more interesting. In that you are betting on all of the games that happen during the season, and you're getting this currency, and then you can spend that currency on tickets that you can then use to vote in the end of week elections. Uh, they call them, and those elections. <laughs> will help get bonuses for your team or uh, or penalties for other teams. And then also just some general things that will just change the nature of the game of baseball uh, for temporary purposes or for permanent purposes, depending on what gets like, picked. Like reading from the book. Right. One of the first things that players did, uh, I hadn't started playing baseball at this point yet, but... So you can't blame me. Um, people voted to open the Forbidden Book, and uh, the Forbidden Book is the is the rule book of of baseball. So once it was open, I like like given a choice, uh-huh. people would choose to open something called the Forbidden Absolutely. Book. Absolutely, and and like Pan, we got it. And do like it. Pandora's box, why put it there? Like Pandora's box, it opened up, and a bunch of bad shit happened to everybody. Um, yep. And. The, but there was hope at the there very bottom. There was hope at the very bottom. And hope in the form of a heavily redacted book of rules for baseball. I tried reading through that. It is it is hilarious trying to get through uh, like some of the mm-hmm. lore that this game has. Uh, quote unquote game and quote unquote lore. Like oh, it, I, I, I it's think it's capital L lore. It, like, the lore in this game <laughs> yeah. is the it game. Is. I think it's more of the game than the game is. <laughs> Pretty much, like, like I am fascinated by the uh, not only that the fandom that is surrounded. Like, there are bands like the Garages mm-hmm. uh, that have formed that do songs about baseball. Based on the Seattle there Garages baseball team. Yeah. Yep. And it, it's like you know, there's just like people like forming like fan clubs mm-hmm. of said baseball team. You can watch Twitch streams of someone just doing reading the play by play and being yep. the announcer. Multiple the Twitter it's accounts for players, quite amazing. for teams, for the baseball commissioner who's doing a great job by the way. Um, he's doing a fantastic job. <laughs> the commissioner's doing um, a great job. He's also the CEO of baseball now that the it, it's a whole thing. We're not gonna great get job. into it. Um but yes, I, I think the fandom, the community around this game has made it more than the sum of its parts 
for sure. The way the yeah. way that the I mean the way that the community has decided that Sundays should also be a day where charity work happens. So out of character, out of baseball stuff, all these Twitter accounts that run baseball style stuff will take a break and say, "Hey, here are some charities that people should uh, should donate to. Here's some yeah, That's like just like, like it's a it's a very wholesome community in ways that you don't expect online communities to be." Uh, and even it's a community that's that wants the best for the story rather than the best for their team uh one of the one of the blessings that was available on on one of the weeks was this uh was to get one team the grass blood type and nobody really knew what the grass blood type meant uh, and we know now now that it's happened but a lot of people would switch their affiliation to a different team, in this case, the Boston Flowers, to all vote for that so that the Boston Flowers would have a better chance of getting the grass blood type, which seemed to story-wise make sense for their team, grass and flowers. So now the Boston Flowers did win that blessing, and all of their players have the grass blood type, which means that they have growth, uh, the, the 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 modifier the buff they have is growth that they will that they will um, they will continue to get better their players will play better over the course of the year up to a five percent boost for all players at the end of the season so it's a little thing man. but they have a there's just so much to totally. this game like it's it's man it helps that the writing is so it, good yes too, I, like. I think the writing from the game band the developers of the game. Um, has been incredible uh the twitter accounts that that uh, are official and even unofficial but especially the official ones they've done some really great stuff with the way this story has gone um and and i like that players uh fans participants whatever you want to call them they they don't have complete control over the story but we are able to make little pushes it's like we're it's like we're watching an ant farm and occasionally we can drop a little piece of food in there and watch the ants change the way that the ant farm is structured so they can take on this piece of food. Like it, we, we just get to have these little touches uh, that affect the game in, in different little ways. And we get to see how the game reacts to those decisions. And it's been an incredibly interesting experiment uh, from, from my view to just watch and see how some of this stuff goes. Um, this game has gone under a number of hiatuses, a number of issues. You you did mention uh, it was really hard to to log in. It got flooded with people trying to play, and the servers couldn't handle it. I think they've gotten a lot better about that. Um, but the game ha- game band has taken multiple breaks and put baseball on hiatus. Uh, we're currently on hiatus right now. We're on a very long siesta, as they call it, um, <laughs> which is the only time the baseball players get to sleep. Uh, because if if baseball is happening, they are always playing and always practicing. Hundred percent, got to be a hundred percent. They cannot for this. rest unless it's a siesta, which we're currently in. Um, and we've been in a siesta for uh, I think over a month now, and it's going to continue. Pro- I would imagine probably in through the end of the year. Uh, but I'm excited to see what happens next. We we did have this big event that the Peanut God is now gone. We are now in the peace and prosperity era of baseball and looking forward to what that means. And then also the last thing that everyone got to vote on was for these Arcana cards. So wait, wait, the PP yes, era, the, the P and P era. Yeah. Yeah. Or the PP era. Yeah. You, okay. you, you can, yeah, you can, okay. you can call it, you can call it that. <laughs> um, 
Um, but the last thing we all got to vote on was Sorry. for these Arcana cards, uh, like in Persona Arcana or like uh, like uh, mm-hmm. uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The uh, you know the the, the fortune telling stuff. You know what I'm you know yeah there you tarot go cards? tarot cards. Thank you. Um, so we all voted. We didn't know what tarot cards meant for any team, but again, some things just work out. Like there's a tarot card called the Sun. The Hellmouth Sunbeams are the ones who got Sun. Good. They they deserve it. Uh, my Hades Tigers got the Devil. Makes sense. Um, so we'll, we'll see what those things actually mean once Blazeball starts back up again. But it is interesting to see just the little differences that each team has compared to the other ones now. Yeah, this is an evolving game, which I just I find a fascination with just following on mm-hmm. tangentially. You don't have to like play along all that much, though. It seems you're getting a lot playing like along and getting, you know, being part of that community feedback and like actually participating and making a difference almost in the actual game. As Definitely. Like in some ways it's a clicker. Like people can play it as a clicker, except without clicking. Yep. You can just sit there and you can watch the numbers change. Um, and, and there's a certain interest and excitement to that. And you can take a, a slightly participatory role in voting, or you can try to participate in different ways, like making fan art or, or being part of the Discord. Or like like uh, you mentioned, be, making up a, a tribute band that plays that writes and plays songs about baseball. Like, yeah. People have taken baseball and made it so much more than what it was. Uh, and I think that's really cool, and it's something that I want to continue to uh, keep track of going forward. But it's just been this incredible experiment to me. There was uh, I, I don't want to get into the full thing. I actually wrote a whole article about Blazeball on GamersOnTheGo.com if people want to go back and read that. Uh, but yep, a little out of date. A little out, <laughs> certainly a little out of date. Even though that was only a month ago, uh, like a lot of the mechanics still make sense. But one of the big things in there that uh, that I think is the most relevant is that there was this Polygon interview with Jade Raymond a long time ago. Um, you know, Assassin's Creed, Ubisoft, Jade Raymond, mm-hmm. who's now gone on to many different things. I believe she's at EA now? I think so. I think she was uh, making a Star Wars game at one point. I can't remember. No, that was Amy Henning, wasn't it? I think it, it was both. From, I think they were uh, both doing it on different oh, yes. projects. Were, but yeah. Um, anyway. Maybe she went to Visceral. I forget. I got yeah, you may have gotten this who fixed mixed yeah, up. I can't remember. Actually, I think she's at Stadia now. I think that's. I think she's at Stadia now. Over at Google. The, <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the point is, she was talking about the future of video gaming, and she was mentioning these ideas about how, um, like, you're it, right. Stadia it, is is what she's okay. working on. Right like, now. games could be this community hub going forward. When she thinks about the future of games, she thinks about this community hub, this kind of bar where you know you have your friends that you can hang out with you don't have to be there all the time but it's always kind of there and it's always kind of going on and i think that and i'm paraphrasing i i I wrote it better in the article because i remembered more of it then or was writing it down then Uh, but the basic idea holds in that i think blaseball is pretty close to the kinds of things that she was talking about in that this is Hmm. this is an ever-evolving thing that we all have some investment in and your level of investment can change based on how much effort you want to put into it. And I just think it's a really cool thing. And and even though it's extremely limited, 
in its view. You don't get to see what the players look like. You don't get to see what the field no. looks like. You just get to see. But it's kind of like listening to radio. Definitely. Like baseball on the radio. It absolutely is. Or And it's like it's like if you pulled up ESPN.com and you did the game cast of, of one of these games. And you yep. just get to see. Lord knows I've watched some baseball games like that. Totally. Like you don't even get to watch the game, but you get to see the diamond. You get to see the strikes and balls populate yep. on the. It's like, on... oh, what's the next one? Oh, it's a totally. strike. I, it's <laughs> come on Pedro get him oh you walked him again but damn what it. if instead of waiting like 30 seconds for each of those things to happen they happened every three seconds and so like you mm-hmm. got to see that strikeout happen or birds are the birds are angry and watching <laughs> menacingly yes uh anyway uh, that, that's enough about baseball I, I just think it is a really fascinating thing that really captured and yeah my I agree like tangentially like just like like watching adjacently just is like it's one of those fascinating things that makes 2020 a little better yeah again like that was something that where i can't go anywhere i'm locked to my computer i'm working from home but you know i can just move over to that tab and see how my hades tigers are doing oh they're down okay well let's let's flip back (laughs) and, and continue working on something oh hey i won some i won some coins i'm gonna buy another couple tickets and i'm gonna spend them on these votes uh and it was something that i could continually check in each day um more than animal crossing animal crossing was like once a day this was i'm checking in every hour to see how my team did on on different things and if i have some time i might as well just leave it leave it up and kind of glance over every once in a while and see what happens um it's a hell of a thing it's like no other game i played uh ever and it's it's something i continue to want to want to see how it grows and evolves uh, Matt, I know I talked a lot, but let me let me run through uh, a handful of smaller games of my own, and then we can mm. get to the big one that we both want to talk about, and then I think we can wrap yeah. this show up, if that sounds good to you. Save save that. Save that one for yes. a teaser. Uh, so let me run through a few things here. Uh, Wide Ocean Big Jacket was an early 2020 game that I played. Mm. Uh, it's, a, it's a very short, story-based adventure-y kind of game. I wouldn't even say it. Like, adventure feels too much. Like, there's... That's... It's more of just a narrative game that you kind of go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really liked the writing in it. I liked the characters. There's some some really nice parts in it. And I believe, in fact, I don't believe, I know, it's made by the same devs who made, oh, I will not remember the full name, but it's the moving out of your apartment on the last day of your old apartment. That's not, apartment's not in it twice. It's moving... Yes. I know what you're talking about, but I never played it, so I don't it, know the name of It's very good. Game, like, yeah. that that game is... It's moving out of your apartment on the last day or yes. something like that. Uh, you, you, yes, yeah, search for something like that. You will find it for sure. Um, and and that game had a very uh, good feel to it, and this one does as well. Um, and, and I thought it was very, very good. Um, Banner of the Maid, Part-Time UFO, A Short Hike. These are all games that mm. came to other systems years before but came to the Switch this year, and I had a lot of fun with all of them. Banner of the Maid. I'm glad you finally checked out Part-Time UFO when it came I'm to the I'm glad, Switch. too. I, I'm actually, Such I'm a actually pissed game. I didn't play it before. Uh, I think when it was on phones, it just looked like a crane game, the way they showed it, and I was like, well, I don't... What? I mean, it is kind, it of, is a kind of a crane game. game. Like he, there was a bit of jank to it that just made mm-hmm. sense. 
uh, and it really was just a that catchy theme song. It's so good. Uh, the, way, B, the way the way they charming nature remix that theme tune throughout each level. Yeah, as you oh, go through the game, so good. It's so so good. Da, 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 oh man, ah, man, go you go little it's UFO. So like you just want to so chill. Plus, you can get you can get a box boy. Uh, yes, uh, skin you can get a box boy skin. For the UFO. Uh, box boy is in the background of that game. Uh, because it's also made by Hal, they have they have like box boy aesthetic stuff in like they have box boy mechanics where you can change your your outfit. You mentioned the box boy one, but there are other ones that break the game in ways that just make it easier to play. Uh, which <laughs> yep. I very quickly got like the big robot one that lets you just carry stuff, carry big stuff without having to worry about it without without much strain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that game a lot. It was super super fun. Uh, yeah. It's a very charming game. I, don't, I I looked back in your archive and I was like, why didn't I put this on my top like games of the year when we were like when that came out on iOS several years ago? And it's like I just I probably just yeah. forgot about it. Like you know, it is uh, just yeah, uh, extremely. And it feels charming. like a brand new game coming out to the Switch. Uh, so mm-hmm. and I believe there's co-op now too on on the Switch true. that didn't wasn't on the iOS version. Um. Uh, Banner of the Maid is uh, like a, a Fire Emblem style game that uh, is made mm-hmm. by a Chinese developer, and I think they did a really good job with it. They had some some interesting ideas. Uh, the best idea I think they had was that they found a really great balance between the degrading weapons of Fire Emblem and or the degrading weapons of most Fire Emblem games and the, <laughs> hey, I've got a sword and this sword just works all the time in some other Fire Emblem games. And they found this nice balance where it was, hey, this this weapon has 14 uses. And once it's out of those uses, you can't use it anymore for that battle. But then on the next battle, it will recharge all of its uses. And so you, only, you don't need to constantly be going and purchasing new weapons time and time and time again like you do in Fire Emblem. But there is still a strategy to how you use the weapons within the, the battle system. And I found that to be mm. very good, and and just it was the best of both worlds, and I really really enjoyed that part of it. Uh, and you know, it's got a fun anime art style. It's about revolutionary France, which is not a a, a setting I see a lot in video games. Uh, I, I, I you did also did an article on on your website for this I one did. too, so which I read, can... which makes it seem interesting. Uh, one that I just didn't check yeah. out in time. And but, the the DLC uh, is now yeah. out on Switch as well. So you, there's oh, like nice. some pirate based DLC that I have not played, but um, I I hear is kind mm-hmm. of cool. I also meant to check out the the Fire Emblem Three Houses DLC that came out this year because I did buy the season pass years uh-huh. like last year, but just completely forgot about I'm, checking that I'm out with you i recently played a little bit knowing that i had forgotten it and uh and you know know that my other podcast game or uh, Ca- the casual hour we're doing our game of the year thing in relatively soon and uh like that's something i wanted to to get on my radar it's fine i think the new characters are mm. good that they've added in the new classes and things are good that's what I was most interested in was mm-hmm. the new classes because it seemed like you know Fire Emblem Three Houses were what as much as we loved it it seemed like there were a lot of like up oh, you took the wrong path to upgrade this character and now you're locked to this one unless you want to start all right the way or over. here are some classes that that it's felt like, so good yeah. in something like Awakening uh, or Fates or or other games that and they just, just weren't nerfed. there or they weren't even there like there there was no flying mm-hmm. magic class and now there is 
Yeah, no uh, Dark Flyer. Yeah. Now there is, yeah, which is nice. Uh, so I'll probably check that yeah, out. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's still, it reminded me of the problems I have with Three Houses. Again, it feels incredibly slow to go through each level and to, to make... to prepare yeah, for every battle it's just, it takes so much time where i'd rather just get in and fight. if there's a way they could just like hot hot fix that to like hey i want a preset for what i want to go into yeah. battle with and just remember this preset just like a nice. button that says sure. refill all my weapons i'll i'll pay i, I feel like care. they're just getting into creature free free uh feature creep at this time with the fire emblem series I mean, like it yeah, seems like they're yes just no, adding too because much I, the one before this which you know was a remake of of uh fire emblem 2 the the uh, shadows of valentia like mm-hmm. that had an incredible battle system i thought i think they they found innovation yep. in that it wasn't just a remake of fire emblem 2 uh they found ways to innovate in in very interesting ways and then this game was the one after and it feels very bloated by all the different things that are on top, like all the systems that are on top. So yeah. I, I think they're a little hidden. Like you don't want to keep running through the monastery every single time right. you do the game, even though you want to get to like get all those totally. bonuses and everything. You know, I still adore, adore the game, but uh, I'm, I'm interested in when they're bringing out the first Fire Emblem game yep. in a couple of weeks. Uh, that is just completely the original game with a few... You know, you can do you know the the uh, mm-hmm. casual mode and a rewind Quick mode saves, added. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. Those things are still in there. Like you know, they added to the original game. So th- I- I'm going to be interested to see how yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, playing that too. To I, what they've done. I played Shadow Dragon on the DS, uh, and and wasn't and I, have I wasn't I the biggest fan of it. Uh, but I also didn't really know what Fire Emblem was back when I played it. Um, mm. So I think I'll enjoy giving this a shot and seeing seeing fire emblems roots um but yeah i mean three houses did gangbusters so like yeah it'll we'll we'll definitely see another three again the best sell like the switch has again proven like these long-standing franchises are going to have the best selling Mm -hmm. in their series because and and now that they're done with the dlc they said they're not going to make any more uh, after the ashen wolves that they put out so i imagine Mm -hmm. that we'll see probably another remake of some sort for fire emblem uh either next year or the year after uh people are trying to you think they read wake me make a wake no no no, no. i don't think that would come this soon uh the the rumor is that it's going to be the tellius games that's the gamecube ones with ike yeah yeah path of radiance and uh what was Mm -hmm. it radiant i still hold out hope that they're going to to remake fire emblem 6 which is uh the one with roy uh which never came out here officially Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think that would nope. be a really good one. A lot of people like Roy because of Smash Brothers, um, but we'll see. We'll see what they do. And the and there are fools out there that still think they're going to make an Advance Wars <laughs> I game. I wish. I wish they'd make an Advance Wars game. Um, uh, there's one more game I missed uh, okay. that I forgot to uh, talk yeah. about. Cause, Hit us up uh, with that, and then awesome. I've got a few more. Uh, Jet oh, Lancer. yeah, Jet Lancer. That was a cool game. It, it it's like Lufrausers without the fascism. I totally dig it. Uh, it's like, like Lufrausers without uh, the good. Or... or I don't know. I like the color palette. I, I, I like, like the the, the I like style. I, like, I'm being unfair, but also it's really really good. I didn't finish it, but man, it's really mm-hmm. cool. It's a shame. There's a talking <laughs> that's, cat. That's true, there is a talking cat. It is a shame that Vlambeer decided to break up um, and close its doors. Mm. We'll never we'll never get Lufraus. <laughs> the only way you can play that on the go is is through Vita, unfortunately. And who I who do. the hell owns that? I, it's me. It's me. No. I'm I'm the person. Hey, I found out that they made they made uh, 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 instead of using the official proprietary uh, memory cards, they make ones that can use pretty much you know regular ass uh, oh, micro yeah. SD cards. 
Yeah, so I might get a Vita <laughs> at some point and pick one of those up before they shut down that store so I can sure. download a bunch of shit that, you know, you can't play anywhere else, uh, like those great yeah. PS1 classic games, <laughs> for example. Uh, but I would definitely, if I got a, got a, a Vita, I, you know, a uh, left rousers would be one of the first games I picked up, but this it definitely it scratches that itch so much. And man, is it so oh, yeah. colorful! And the soundtrack definitely. is great. It controls great. It feels great. There's there's speed to it. It just it it like I love all the other uh, like the abilities that you can choose and mix match because you only get set amount of abilities to use. Like one, you can be like you'll never like crash into the water. You you know if the, if it's too you find yourself crashing in the water all the time, you can have an ability that will course correct you automatically, or you can get uh, individual rockets that target everything, or you can do one big ass fucking rocket for your charge up attack. It's a lot of cool things that. Uh, yeah, I'm, we're never going to get left browsers. So if you were looking for something like that on the Switch, I think it's it's a it's, really good. Yeah, it's game. the closest thing you're you're ever going to get to left browsers on the Switch, and, and it's pretty good. I, I I don't think it's nearly as good as left browsers, but it is very fun for what it does. And and yes, it has a color palette, which is more than left browsers had. So that's that's nice. Not that I didn't hate I didn't hate the the green tones of, of loop browsers. It just uh, was like actually, uh, do I have to play as palette. these like the one I used was the, the Yeah, you can change it, but it's like it's like it's like four tone or like five tone Boy. or something like, like that. A it's Game a gradient. Boy. Exactly. Hell like yeah. I no, I, I totally dig that. And I'm not <laughs> I'm not against that. I, I do like it's like uh, do I have to play as these fascist <laughs> like like Nazi adjacent yeah, dicks? Yeah. Uh, I, I know I know it's it's aesthetically it's just for jokes and things like that. I kinda dig the more like this futuristic sci fi almost uh not quite Robotech, but like it's it's something in like the the sense of like Eureka Se- sure. Eureka Seven or something like that. Like some sort of like uh, like neo futuristic uh, science. Fiction I should go back and play thing. more of it. I, it was it was fun. I like I like using the the barrel roll, the the dodge uh, that you can just like use in the mm-hmm. air. And, yeah, uh. and it, like there's an ability like it tells you like, hey, when's the best time to dodge? And if you need to like practice that, it's like here's how you dodge. And man, it's it's cool. It is. Cool. It's just a it cool is cool. Game. I'll give you that. Um, a few more here from me. Uh, Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity just came out recently. Uh, another Musou game? I thought you swore you only buy one per console. You know, and you've already done that. I, well, yes, I've actually. This is actually my third one for this console. Oh my god, you're breaking your rule. I am breaking my rule. Uh, the first time I broke my rule is because the first one I played was Fire Emblem Warriors, which is bad. I do not like that game. <laughs> it's very. It's not. It's not Ball good. Again. It's very not good. So I gave myself an out, and I said, okay, you can buy. Um, Warriors Orochi 4 or whichever one. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you can... We're going to go way into far left. It's field. like, I know, like, I here here's the shit you want. It's got it's got the Sao Sao in it, and it's got also everyone yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. This is the one you want. So I played that, um, and that's that's good. But then I wasn't going to play this one. I, I, I played Hyrule Warriors, the original one, on uh, Wii U, and thought it was mm-hmm, fine. It's good. You get the spinner, and that's a cool uh-huh. weapon to use, and, and some wreck a bunch of moblins with some cool but... characters. Some that that had some neat moves. Like it, it was a fine game. I thought they did some cool things with it, um, but it was also just kind of a Dynasty Warriors game, which is fine by me. Um, yeah. But then my other co-hosts on the Casual Hour uh, were talking about it and thought it looked cool, and there was a free demo out there, so we all gave the demo a shot, and they did some really innovative things with this. 
to the point where it's like, okay, I think I need to buy this game. It's it's actually really good. It looks really interesting, and I played the first level, of the demo, mm-hmm. and like that that uh, like sort of Muso experience of facing off a bunch of enemies and just completely wrecking them. Mm-hmm. It's there, and it's really really cool. Plus, you can just switch between different characters on the map. Yep. Like it eliminates that like, oh, now I got to run over and help this other character who's being overrun, which happened constantly in higher warriors, mm-hmm. like halfway through the game. And all Dynasty like, Warriors games. That's, 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 that's how the games work. Dynasty Warriors games. Yeah. Uh, it's nice that they have like added some of this stuff. Plus it's like, although it's not a true prequel because there's some alternate timeline uh-huh. shenanigans going around. Although that is it, like that little, that little guardian yep. is super cute. It's very cute. Like they're they're definitely pushing the BB. There's also there a bad like... one. <laughs> oh There's no! An evil tiny oh, no. robot guardian. Yeah. Oh no! Um, it's it's cool. It's you know it is it is on one hand a Dynasty Warriors game in that you're going around you're slashing stuff and you're killing thousands of enemies uh, each level, but also like like you mentioned there is. Um, some other Dynasty Warriors games are the the Warriors Orochi specifically lets you switch characters, but they are just mm-hmm. like you you switch them out and that's it. On this one, all characters are actually on the map at the same time, and you can flip between them in their different areas. So if Impa's in trouble, I can just teleport into Impa's body, and now Link, who I was playing as, he's still playing as a computer controlled player. But now I'm over here, and I'm doing stuff as Impa. And that is much better than something like Fire Emblem Warriors that said, well, uh, even that game tried something where it says you can you can direct those characters. I can say, hey, Sumi, Sumi is not in the game. doesn't matter. Uh, I, Lin, whatever. <laughs> Lin, you should pull back and, and come over here. And that stuff is also in here as well. I can direct characters to put them in different places, which actually makes the game much faster in that I can play as Link and fight this big enemy on this one side of the map, and I can direct Impa to run over to the other side of the map, and when I finish my enemy and I know that she's over there, I just switch into Impa, and I'm already there for the next big fight. I don't need to do the Dynasty Warriors run around a bunch of bullshit to get to the next area because I've already got a character over there to do that. Uh, So that stuff's great. The story stuff you mentioned, it does, like, this, unlike the previous Hyrule Warriors game, actually ties into Breath of the Wild in in a thematic sense, or not in a thematic, in a narrative sense. And you get to actually Mm. get some backstory behind Breath of the Wild and see a lot of those characters again, which is really cool. Uh, They also were able to implement Breath of the Wild-style mechanics into... A Dynasty Warriors game, the the different powers that you had in Breath of the Wild, your your stasis, your magnetism, your bombs, and your ice, um, you were able to use those within the game, and each of the different characters uses them in a slightly different way. Link throws out a, a barrage of bombs, whereas Impa yeah. will throw like a a bomb that has like a little cyclone to it, so it will suck in some enemies before it explodes. Mm. Like they have little different ways of using those abilities, even though like rides his shields into a bunch of enemies totally. for like like bowling. Mm-hmm. It's it's hilarious. The, like it it has that like just that weird like uh kind of light heart. It's kind of light hardness that that. The, and just over the top uh, action, bombastic action that Dynasty Warriors yeah. has. It looks fascinating. It's one that I definitely want to check out. 
Once I beat Breath of the Wild, because yeah. I'm still at that I game. Still, I still never beat Breath of the Wild, but this being See, a prequel, I, I, I kind of don't Wii mind. <laughs> U and, yeah, I, I, I was so close to beating on the Wii U, and then I got on the Switch, and I just started over on the yeah. Switch and bought all the DLC you, there. You know, you can just, just like, go directly uh, to Ganon. You don't have to do the rest of the I, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I also... I mean, I could also boot up... I, I have I've had booting up my Wii U in recent days. I'm like I could just go in and just quickly beat Breath of the Wild right yeah. now. But Xenoblade Chronicles X is right mm, there. You know you should really play that yeah. game since there's no other way to I play. I would love it. to play that game. That game should come to Switch. Anyway, uh, so yeah, <laughs> there was one that came to Switch this year that you've been dying, and I want to know: is it a good handheld game? Which one's that? Oh, it came out earlier this year. You were all about it. Your JRPG, oh, oh, your favorite. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're talking about one of my favorite games of all time that rose from its Wii U grave, uh, yeah, absolutely. Tokyo Mirage Session Sharp FE Encore uh, got its deluxe treatment and came out really early. It came out in January, and yeah. I barely played any of it, which, which partially <laughs> makes me feel bad in that, you know, I wanted to try out, I wanted to play through that game again because I love it. And it's got some Fire Emblem Three Houses uh, costumes and some other Fire Emblem costumes that are that are in there. And it's like, ooh, I'd like to see that stuff. Uh, Subasa can wear glasses now. That's glasses that's now. Yep, the yep. most important change to any of this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love. I'm I'm so happy that that game is on my Switch. But also, I don't feel the need to play it because I know how good that game is. <laughs> but I'm so excited for other people to get a chance to play that game. Um, it sounds like it still didn't sell well. People still didn't really play it, yeah, which is sad. It's, it's a it's a hard. It pitch. is a hard. Like a J J pop JRPG like oh, so good though. <laughs> uh, but man, that soundtrack just fucking. It bops. really does. It, it has so many cool ideas in it, uh, I, and the battle system is great too. Like I I, I really just want to. Yeah. I've I've been I've been on a retro kick recently, and I've been playing Metal Gear Solid too. Okay. And man, I'm. Now I want to play uh, Fire Emblem uh, or uh, Shimagami Tensei Sharp FE, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah, you should, uh, you should Tokyo Mirage sen- Sessions, I should say. Yeah. But uh, I could I could easily just boot that up and and continue on where I left off. But no, no, Arsenal <laughs> Gear needs to be taken care of yeah, first. Yeah. President needs to be saved. That, that is fair. Um, Memes, jeans, and scenes. <laughs> I'm just so happy that it's on a system that I will actually keep with me for a very long time going forward. <laughs> Um, and that it has that. What are you talking about? The Wii U's still right there. Not where I'm sitting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, I'm very happy that it's there. I, someday I will go back through that game, but I'm I'm just happy knowing that I have it now. Mm. Um, very quickly, uh, another RPG that I really enjoyed that was this hidden gem uh, is called Seven Nights Time Wanderer, and it's a JRPG. Mm. It feels like it was meant for phones. It's actually based on a South Korean um, gotcha game called seven nights and this is not a gotcha game they they have taken the gotcha story and turned it into a quote-unquote real game in that it's a jrpg it it feels very much like that grand blue fantasy versus in that like Mm -hmm. hey we we have a gotcha game but let's promote our gotcha game with a real game that hardcore gamers might play um and i think this game does a pretty solid job it feels it still feels like a mobile game in that you're, it's very limited uh, with your character's abilities. Each character has three abilities, two regular ones and a, a super attack that they can use once their gauge gets, uh, gets filled. And everything is based on cooldowns. So even when you do one of your turn-based attacks, it, it just has a, a little timer. And depending on what kind of attack it is, it 
the timer will be a different length. Uh, you get a party of five, and you get a ton of characters that you can can cycle through. Uh, and I just think it's like a really breezy JRPG style game. It's got an active time battle system, which I usually hate. Um, mm, yeah, I was gonna say that's not <laughs> it's your usually favorite, a huh? deal breaker for me. But in this game, they do something kind of interesting where you get to pick one attack per per turn. You don't like your turn is based on one attack of one of your characters. It's not each of your five characters gets an attack on your turn. You get one attack, so you get to decide which of your characters gets that attack for the turn, and then the enemy gets one attack for all of their creatures they only get the one so it is kind of interesting to uh to use your attacks in a more strategic way it has a kind of persona style battle system where if you get a super effective move that it it knocks a character down it knocks one of your enemies down and they can't attack the next turn so in some ways you can knock down specific enemies knowing that they can't be the ones to attack next turn and a different enemy will have to or there are moves there there are attacks that you can do that affect uh an area or affect all the enemies and if all the enemies are the same type and you hit something super effective you get that persona one more attack after that Mm. um I don't think the strategy is perfect. Uh, I think it actually could use to be more like Persona, where you get one more attack if you knock anything down instead of having to knock everything down. Uh, But what's there is cool. It's got a very Super Robot Wars vibe to it in that the animations... (laughs) You're you're kryptonite. (laughs) Well, it's that the animations for these attacks are just killer. You're double kryptonite. They're so killer. Oh, they're all really good. It makes me want to use every character Mm. just to see the crazy effects and the big lightning that happens on some guy's uh, saber as he goes and just slashes the fuck out of these enemies. Oh, there's a lot of really cool shit in there. Um, (laughs) But it's, it's a very simple JRPG. It's a very straightforward JRPG. In fact... The, the world maps that you're on are are uh, not linear, but they're like a board game. You you can only go on very specific routes. You're not going... You're, you don't have uh, full movement around the world. You just... You go from spot to spot and, uh, and you fight enemies that are on the field, but they aren't... Uh, they're not random battles. You just can run into them in the different, uh, like, board game area that you're walking around in i think it's i think it's pretty solid it's it's not it's not perfect but i think it's a pretty solid little jrpg Uh, i've put about 15 hours into it and i have maybe like one or two more worlds to kind of go through i think i have all the characters at this point but uh i like it i i think that people should play it it's it's only like 15 20 bucks and uh, mm. nobody, literally nobody is talking about this game. And I think it is. I should I check think it it's out. It's very cool. I, I think I heard you mention it a, a couple times here and there on your yeah, other podcast. I probably Casual did. Uh, it's got an art style that reminds me a lot of Bravely Default. More okay. more than yep. Bravely Default 2 is, is doing when I'm, <laughs> when I'm seeing what that game has. But it, it has a very Bravely Default look to it. And I'm it surprised you good. actually got the name of the title right. <laughs> not calling it bravely default uh-huh. three <laughs> i mean it should be bravely default three but whatever it, no, it should be not, bravely though. third that's what it should be but well but it's not it's bravely default two it's I a whole that. new game i hate it um and then last i don't i don't really know what to do with this game matt um it's called oh, kentucky it? route zero and it mm. quote unquote came out this year 
because <laughs> take a drag of cigarette. <laughs> That's a name I haven't heard in a uh-huh. long time. Um, Kentucky Route Zero is very difficult for me because I uh, did I back this game? Was it a Kickstarter? I don't even remember. I remember giving. I remember buying it back when Episode yes, One dropped. I gave on PC when I had a PC that could play it. <laughs> I and... gave Cardboard Computer some money, and they said you have all of Kentucky Route Zero, but also yep. all we have is Episode One or Act One. Um, and so that's what I played and it was amazing. What an episode. And it, that was like seven years ago. So I had so much fun. Mm. I enjoyed that immensely. Well, fun is maybe the wrong word. I was fascinated by that game. Uh, and then I had to wait for act two and then I think I played act two and then I definitely didn't play anything else that came out. Uh, and until now, now that episode or that act five, the final act finally came out uh, they put that game Oof. out as a single piece that has all five acts in it and all the interstitials that they had. Um, and they have put that out on PC and on Switch. So it's now a handheld game. But they call it the TV, the TV edition. edition, which, you know, different so, edition, sure. Conflicting in the name. But it's already. also just hard for me in that it is. It's, I mean, it's. It's a game that's been out for seven years, and it's a game that is new this year. And I don't really know how to contend with those two things when it comes to something like a Game of the Mm. Year podcast. Yeah. I mean, you're probably going to see that even a lot more now with, like, you know, how popular Switch has been this whole year. You're going to see a lot more Even with another game we're about to talk about. It's like early access has changed the way that games are made, and thus... It's a little difficult to say what is... Although it did get a surprise drop, too. It's like, oh, it's coming out for this today? Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, Kentucky Route Zero, like, that first act I played, like, way back, it it just drives... Like, the atmosphere it drives is just so... The the mood is perfect. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And, and, like, I I still remember one of the first scenes. It's like you leave this house and you see these... uh, these people in the foreground they're singing this sort of folksy bluegrass song Mm -hmm. uh gospel tune and like i hope like the game carries on like more moments like that it's one that i really really want to check out you might see that band i already own the game (laughs) that'd be cool because that was a jam Mm -hmm. man i I love the soundtrack to that that game too Uh, i'll I'll say i haven't actually finished this game yet i i finished Mm -hmm. act four last night um i i am on and i did the last interstitial so all i do have is act five i'm going to finish that game before the end of the year and i'll probably talk about it more on the game of the year podcast i do with gamers or with the casual hour Um, but i can say it it was a game that despite me playing over a very long period of time uh both this year when i replayed act one and two relatively early in the year to when i played act three and four this last week and playing Act 5 very soon, um, to also, hey, I played Act 1 seven years ago, to be to playing more of it now. It's, it's definitely a weird game for me in that it feels like this thing that's always been out and is yet still brand new, and I, I, don't, yeah. I, just, I just don't know what to do with it. But I know that I, I like it, and I think people should play it and uh i i really want to get back to it it's just i already own it so it's like i know at some point i'm gonna build a pc that'll easily Mm -hmm. run this game and now that i like it's sitting right there in my steam library the entire freaking game it makes it like i'm sure at some point it's like oh i'll just buy it on switch when it's on sale like 
Return to the Oberdin is a game I bought sure. this year because it came out last year on the Switch, came out the year before last on you know regular ass consoles mm-hmm. and PC. But it's just like you know I can wait until it comes out later when it's cheaper, and uh, that, that's a game that's the you know, Return of the Oberdin lends itself very well in handheld mode. Definitely, and I can I I can think like the same way with. Uh, Kentucky Route Zero for like the TV edition, like also uh, can be just like these little small story games that like Night in the Woods you can play for a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there is like like reading a couple of chapters at night before you go to bed. Okay, Matt, are you ready to wrap this show up by talking about the one game that I think we both have wanted to talk about, maybe more than any other? Yeah, maybe baseball. I wanted to talk about more than this, but uh, <laughs> but it, it's maybe the game that uh, I think is most defining of 2020, and potentially I think it's best game. Like if we're talking well, about games, like gamey ass games, I think this is the best game that came out this year. I think, in the name of Olympus, I accept this message. Mm. Uh, yeah, Hades from Supergiant Games is. Man, it's a titan of a game. Holy Very crap! Good. I was not like we, I alluded this earlier. Like it just came out of nowhere because it was it was an early access game on PC uh, and was on the Epic Game Store first. Uh, that was the first place right. you could play it. Uh, but they did one of those little uh, Nintendo Indies Nindies mm-hmm. uh, showcase, and it was with uh, uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisp. Uh, came out the same day and date as the announcement. I was just like, what? <laughs> and I avoided it for a couple of weeks. Like, oh, I'll get to it maybe. Uh, and then I just like succumbed to the peer pressure of just hearing everybody talk about it. It's so Hades, good. It's just Hades so rules, good. man. Like, this is, it's a, it's a roguelike game. And it's, I think it's the best roguelike game to come out since, Spel- since the original Spelunky. And Splunky mm. 2 came out this year. <laughs> I, I think it, it's my favorite since Dead Cells, which came out a couple of years ago. I can ago. see that. And sure. I think, uh, I, I, you know, I like Dead Cells. I love the, the combat in this and game. And it's much I more Dead Cells world than it, it builds. is than Spelunky. Like, it, it takes, it, yeah. like, it is much more action-based. It, it has uh, that, that flow of combat that is something where Spelunky feels a little bit more puzzle-like, where you're, or platformer-like, where you're kind of... Yeah, very much more. ...breaking and something you, down. Like, this one, you're not. You're just... You're, no. You're fucking going. And there there seems to be, like, a bit of, like, uh, level-up progression to this game as well. There is definitely some uh, permanence. The main the main point of the game is you play as Zagreus, the son of Hades, prince of the underworld, and you're trying to escape from the underworld. And as you escape, these rooms are perpetually generated in different... Uh, you know, the there are templates that you will see constantly uh but they're done in random orders with random enemies uh done in this like sort of isometric uh 3d isometric top-down perspective and you know if if it wasn't the fact like the combat was just so satisfying and on top of having such a great well-told story with characters with such great personalities this like man it hits every like everything out of the park like story in a roguelike which is mm-hmm. something that hasn't really happened before. It's certainly not to this extent and certainly not no. to this execution. It's like Dead Cells had a little bit of it, but that was more of just like setting building. It wasn't really getting to know any one set character or any like, you know, oh, these characters have a history. Right. Uh, like, for example, you run into the Furies uh, and uh, one of them, Megara, is has 
uh, you, you know, it's implied that she had a relationship with Zagreus. Uh, and I'm, I'm guessing you can either develop that relationship or you can develop a relationship with other characters. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, even though, like, I made it to credits in the game, I didn't really haven't gone on any sort of dates Although I did have drinks with Dusa, so I don't know if that counted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, there aren't any, like, romance options, but each of these, there's a handful of characters, a large handful of characters, that you can get to know better and develop better relationships with, and getting to the ends of those um, relationship levels can get you bonuses in the game. Uh, See, I, I maxed out Cerberus, and I don't know what that got me. Okay, he might. <laughs> I think it allows me to use his bonus charm without getting any uh, penalties for taking it off. Because if you take it off between uh, areas, you don't get to use it again that entire run. Uh, okay. So I, I would save Skelly's lucky tooth for giving me that extra thing yep. for the last, yep. you know, the very me last too. battle. Uh, but there, and, there are some characters. So here, here's a spoiler for me. Like it spoiled me. Uh, I didn't. I've, I've not gotten to this either, and I know what you're going to get to. What am I getting to? Companions. Yes. Okay. So yeah, yeah I you, did not unlock any companions, and, and I haven't either. But like that's one of the things. So like if Sisyphus, one of the the characters that you'll see in Tartarus, one of the first, My boy. the first area. Um, if you develop his relationship enough, one of your companions can become. The rock. <laughs> it's the boulder. Yeah. So this is boulder. Uh-huh. It's, it, like his, when I heard about his that, boulder I'm with just a fucking like, oh, face. That's perfect. And the boulder is now a companion that you can summon in um, on your runs if you get if. But you have to develop that relationship fully first. And I have not done that. Uh, there are other characters. It's not all of them, but there's a, a handful of characters that you can uh, become can gain a relationship with enough to get these companions. Um, instead of just their trinkets, which you get very early. I think you just have to do one uh, relationship level with them to be able to yeah. get their trinket. And uh, and I've gotten every trinket. I've gotten that I much. I think I'm missing like one or two. but um, Yeah, there's there's one that you can only get after, uh, like to get credits in this game, you have to make ten escapes. Okay. I've made uh, three. Complete escapes. Yeah. Which is... I, got, I had a streak going where I was like, oh, I'm on like a five escape streak, mm-hmm. and then I lost on the sixth one. <laughs> and then immediately when i ran into hermes it's like oh i lost a streak there but oh happens to the best of us <laughs> and i'm just like that that's the other amazing it, part if you weren't so fucking charming hermes you son of a bitch that's the other amazing part of this game is that there is so much writing and so much it's of so it is contextual too. yeah it's all contextual it's all adaptive it's dynamic based on what you're doing and the and it just puts you it puts you into that world so much more uh the first time the uh, the, the final boss battle in this game is hades uh go yeah. go figure for a game called hades and of course uh, he has two forms like like my heart he's a, sank he's a, when he got that he's a life fucking bar dick filled he's a to get him fucking like, dick <laughs> well i was just like i knew that was gonna happen mm-hmm. why should why should i not be why should i be surprised here oh. and i'm like damn it it's such a hades ass move to do though oh. um but then if you die to him uh, or at least the first time i died to him <laughs> Uh, I came back. I came came back into uh, Hades, into the world of Hades, 
um, mm-hmm. and you're met by um, oh, what's his name? Hypnos. The Hypnos, the sleepy guy. And, oh, I love Hypnos. And and I hate Hypnos. Yeah, <laughs> and he usually just like talks shit to you based on whatever dick. killed you. I love him. Yeah, he he just kind of like talks a little shit to you uh, based on whatever killed oh, you. Died by a trap right there. Yeah, oh, maybe uh-huh. next time you should uh-huh. dodge it. <laughs> yeah, thanks Hypnos. Thanks, Hypnos. Uh, but when Hades kills you the first time, he goes, "Oh yeah, look, see, uh, looks like you were killed by." Oh, that's weird. It's redacted. Like, what? What killed you? And then Zagreus is like, I don't want to fucking talk about it. And then yep. you just walk away. Like the writing in this game is so good and so rich that it just it 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 pulls you through to want to do another run, not just because the gameplay feels so good and because you want to get different power ups and play the game in a different way, but that you just want to hear what characters have to say the next time. I want to be yep. able to give them more items that are going to give them more conversation options going forward. I want to talk to Megara again. Exactly. Or or I want to talk to her other sister who just says murder a bunch. Uh, very talkative. <laughs> uh, let's see. Electo and uh, Tisiphone. Yes. Uh, and I love, like, these are all characters in Greek mythology. Like, if you're familiar with, like, Hamilton or Bullfinch, you will, like, even though you will, like, know a lot of where things are going, like, you run to Orpheus and Eurydice mm-hmm. And, you know, I immediately understood, like, okay, I know what these two characters are about. And, and I kind of get an understanding of where their story goes. But they add, like, certain twists and, mm-hmm. like, sort of updates kind of, like, in a modern sense to these Well, that one specifically uh, tales. is genius because you see them and it's you, – you are seeing them after the play is done. So if you've ever seen the, the mm-hmm. opera, the play, Orpheus and Eurydice. Or, or heard the, the myth. Sure. Yeah. Like, that stuff's finished at that point. So you're they're a part in in Hades and, and it's tragic and it's but tragic it's but like you know they... the reasons and so you're informed by what's happening even though the characters aren't telling you what's happening and you get to continue their story on in this game but they act like they do in mythology and so do all the other mm-hmm. characters like you you get to see how Ares and Aphrodite talk to each other and and it's mm-hmm. it's cute it's it's good because yep. that's how they are in the stories of Greek myth it's Aphrodite needs to go to horny jail though like seriously she's uh she's quite horny that's that's very true uh it, there's i i love a lot of the things they Poseidon's do. Poseidon's your uncle that listens to King Crimson all the mm-hmm. time and would sneak you beer. Dionysus, though, he's the best. Dionysus, the I love best. it when you get to choose between uh, like certain rooms. You have to you get these boon abilities, mm-hmm. which is what these the gods from Olympus are trying to help Zagreus escape. Uh, and I'll get into. Do you mind? We really get a little few spoilers here and there because yeah, there's there's just some moments. But he's trying to find his mom, which is. Persephone, as with like, the tale between yes, yeah, Zagreus is. He's not trying to get to Olympus. He's trying to find his mother, uh, and uh, like well, like at first he's he's just trying to escape Hades because it's such an oppressive place. That's what that's what we are told, but that's not the true reason, right? But like he's, he he also is like partially is just knows that he's been lied to his whole life. He knows that Nix, who he kind of considers a mother figure is not mm-hmm. really his mother and his dad ain't talking about anything that's been going on. So he wants nope. to escape and find his real mother who eventually you do find. And if you beat the game once, you meet her. So it's not a huge yep. spoiler. I'll get, I'll get into that, that spoiler in just a second because I just love that sure. moment. But uh, more to the point, like certain rooms when you, uh, like as you enter every room and part of the fun of this game is figuring out what the different icons mean. Like every, sometimes you get a choice between, you know, one room for the next room or two 
or even three. And uh, you know, some of them you're like figuring out like what does this icon mean? The hammer. It's like oh, those are weapon upgrades. It's like you know always go always for those. go for the Daedalus. Go hammers. for the Daedalus. Yes, yes, because you want that gun to have a missile launcher, oh, so right? Good. Or the ultimate. So like, good cluster bombs. It's so good. Uh, but you, once you get you realize oh, there's different gods that have different like you know Aphrodite's a heart. Uh, Dionysus Artemis is a is glass. An, yeah. Yep. Artemis is a bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. Zeus is the thunderbolt. Blah 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 goes on going like there's sometimes you have to choose between one or the other so that's a chance to get two boons and two upgrades but you piss off one of the gods and you have to you know then fight with them attacking you all the time i always piss off dionysus because he's always cool with it afterwards <laughs> it's like why are we fighting you know uh, and yeah man, i should do that has but he I always got like thighs on him holy he, shit he does i always like his boons Damn, the best dude. though because he has more or less poison damage he gets damage over time mm-hmm. with all of his shit and so I like his his stuff the best, and I pick his stuff all the time. I, I can't disappoint Athena or Artemis like that. Like <laughs> you know, it's like you know, the rest screw the rest. But it is yeah, I can't piss up. And, and it is cool how they react to that in in much the way that God, that the Greek gods, the pantheon have acted in all of their stories. They're fickle bitches. They they yeah, act they like are. they're your friends, that they're your aunts and uncles, that they're they're just waiting for you to get to Olympus, man. It's going to be great. We're going to have a party. You're going to get to kiss Aphrodite and get all horny about it. Uh, you're going to get to go fight with Ares. It's going to be fantastic. And then uh, you, like just snub them like in the in the slightest way the lightest thing and, and the game forces you to do and this, then like genius, poseidon's but... like hey hey uh sunny what I the thought we were fuck? cool bro i gave you the legendary fishing boom <laughs> yeah. for this run it's like how like, dare you catching awesome fish how dare you how dare you disrespect me? uh i'm gonna and then once you clear it they're like oh that's cool you know misunderstanding <laughs> yeah. or don't let this happen again. yeah uh it's so good uh, it's so so good i i also like I, the variety I do ask well uh, before that i like the variety Variety yes. of runs not not mm-hmm. just in the different boons that you can get and and even i've had strategies where i've tried to just get all the best boons that i feel like i try to put on all that stuff and those are decent runs but then when i mm-hmm. started learning i should be going for one or two kinds of boons and yeah. and focusing on those i should only be getting aphrodite and Ares. Um, and I should be trying to get as many of their boons as possible because I will eventually be able to get the duo boons. Yeah, which are which cool. are cool as shit, and also let those two characters interact a little bit and talk to each other. Oh, it's so great when they come in and like I, they oh, have something so to say. It's like, so so good. And oh man, this game's just so cool. Yeah. But I also love at the very end uh, when you finally escape. And you meet your mother, who is Persephone, like the tale, like uh, Hades taking Persephone away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Demeter, her mother, becoming so sad that the earth uh, is just forever in this, like, uh, winter. Uh, and, you know, she they finally agree to let Persephone go, but she eats food of the underworld, so she has to return. So that's the tale of how we have seasons every year. It's Persephone going back to her mother. That's spring. She's mm-hmm. waiting for her daughter to return. Summer is the happy years, and then fall she has to go away, and then winter she's gone until she comes back. And that was like a simple way of how seasons were told to, uh, you know, the Greeks and then, you know, later on the Romans. It's kind of the same exact tale that was appropriated. And I just, I love it though. You meet her the first time and like, you know, the, the idea of the roguelite is you die every time and you're reborn in the river sticks. Uh, and when you get to the uh, surface world and you meet your mother for the first time, you have a conversation 
and then you die because you can't live on the surface world. It's your like curse. It's so like like gut wrenching. Mm-hmm. It's heartbreaking almost. And but like just keeping with the motif of the game and everything, it's beautiful in a way. And then and, and they also make it so like the music just hits the right notes <laughs> when you're about to pass away too. It's it's all like yeah. bravo to super giants on like not only like the construction, they just the the design and the programming of this game yeah. is just and the like, narrative and the themes like the to to justify why you would be doing run after run after run not and even n- even though seeing credits i want to play more of this sure game. i have not because so, there are so just other more. things i want to get to and i've played like dozens of hours of this fucking mm-hmm. game it's it's uh, incredibly good like the way the way they have justified that roguelike system where in roguelikes you want to just do run after run after run and they have a, a narrative reason for that in that, mm-hmm. you know, you if you can't die because you're a demigod, uh, but also uh, like you just where would you go if you died in Hades? You'd show up in Hades. That's what you happens. Go back That's to where what you happens. Started. So, yes, it it makes so much sense. And then the fact that even when you quote unquote beat the game, you still die because of narrative reasons and have to go back to Hades and continue everything over again. It's it's just it's a it's a really great conceit for why you're there for what you're doing and it lets it be a narrative game while also being a really good roguelike game and that's just so and you can also add like you know they add extra like uh difficulties Mm -hmm. when you beat it the first time you extra heat which you know allows you to get more of the items in the economy to level up and everything too but i love it like you can add little things like you know oh make the bosses have different uh, attack designs. And if you add it and you go up against the Furies, the first time you're like, you know, I'm waiting like for Zagreus to say like, I wonder if it'll be, you know, yeah, Electo this usually, time. Yeah, or usually, please you be fight, Meg. usually you fight one of the three. And then it's like all three at the same Fuck time. And, he, and, and then he's just like, <laughs> uh, and I'm like the same time I see them all standing there. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, yeah. Not as hard as I thought it was. No. Although if I add more to that, I'm sure it'll be like I'm facing all three at the same time. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. It, I it's so great. Have you gotten to the part where uh, you give uh, the Hydra nickname? I uh, yeah yes. I cannot remember the nickname, but I've definitely Lerny. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, Hello, Lerny. It's Lerny. I don't think you and I get enough time to talk to one another. <laughs> it's just, just like it's just so many like comedic timing and things like that. It's just so great. I do have to ask, mm-hmm. how'd you piss off Karen to to steal from him? Because I have not figured that out. How do you? Pi- oh, uh, Karen. Sorry. Yeah, Karen. <laughs> it's like wait a minute. How would I piss Karen, off that game no, no. that we talked about at the Karen, top of the show? Karen. Um, yeah. Um, so, it was after I beat the game. There, it was at his shop at one point, and there was um, some. I think it was money. It was either money or a euro uh, that was next to him. Like it wasn't part of his what he had for sale, but it was something next to him, like in a little cage. And really? you could just go up and take it. I, I haven't always seen it, but I've seen it a couple times now. And I didn't you, even notice that when you take Holy it, shit. he groans and you go hey hey karen my buddy it's it's all cool right like i just you know i just wanted to get this money so i could pay it back to you and buy more of your wonderful things or something like that like zag is clearly trying to backpedal and then karen uh teleports you into like a new space a new arena where you fight him and dude fucking mercs you he is he is so good with that that (laughs) or 
when I when I heard you that you did that, I'm like, how 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 did you do that? Was, I didn't even look it up how to do it. It was like I just was curious. All well, the time. it was like the because Karen fucking rocks. Oh, he does. Like he's, he's so cool, good. dude. He's it was the chillest of dudes. I think for me, it was the first run after I beat the game for the first hmm. time. To, so I just thought it was like a thing it. that that like immediately unlocks. Maybe it's just a, a rare thing that happens <laughs> anytime. Uh, I don't know. I, I love that the Harry's also uh, or Hermes also works with him, mm-hmm. and so when you when you talk to Hermes and he brings it up, like, oh yeah, I've been working with Karen, mate. Yeah, it's all cool. I know what you're up to as well too, but it's our our little secret. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's that is so Hermes to a T. Holy shit! It's, and uh, so uh, then you bring it up with Karen. He's like, are you and Hermes working together? And he lets out this like moan that you can see in the t- in the font <laughs> and everything. And it's like, okay, I, yeah, never mind. I never never mentioned it at all. <laughs> worry uh there's just there's so much like like even like the characters i love to hate like uh theseus and asterius like well mostly theseus because yeah. mm-hmm. he's a douchebag uh, but uh, man there's just so much to this game like i'd like uh, getting things like like dusa is a headless maid a headless medusa or, uh, well like, a, a bodiless maid a body <laughs> sorry bodiless maid yeah. she's a floating head yeah. she is a made do yep oh, it's it's very good and and also perseus is in that game and he's just a sad boy and i haven't done enough of mm-hmm. his conversations to realize why he's being such a sad boy about everything uh, i probably need to go back and reread some greek mythology to remember what happened to him i know it wasn't good but also like i i want him to talk to dusa at some point and just be like hey you okay sorry i cut your yeah. head off <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I, just, I I haven't even met Perseus yet. It's like he's he's I, like Sisyphus. Uh, he's in those same kind of question mark doors in uh, Elysium. Oh, I thought that that was related to that's a different character. That's Is that not uh, Perseus. No, that's uh, the um, uh, Achilles lover uh, uh, from the Iliad. He begins with a P. Uh, I know who you're talking about. It's just there's I just so much. It was Perseus. I don't think that was Perseus. Okay. Uh, it'd be great if Perseus shows you, up. You or keep Jason you keep talking or, about Hades. I'm looking up uh, some but, characters. Man, I just like there's just so Pat- much Patrick to Liss. love you're about right. this Patrick game. And just yep. Yes, right. Patrocles. Uh I wish Perseus. I mean, who knows? Maybe they're going to make some like like some DLC to continue on with that uh, down the line because this game has been doing gangbusters for them. I it, like I find like this and Last of Us Part Two are like the ones that have been most meticulously designed with like down to like just the littlest detail. And I brought up Metal Gear Solid Two earlier, but that's also a game that just has so much little details mm-hmm. to it that you're just like why put this in here <laughs> whatever it's cool uh but for hades it's just like every part of it works well together yeah. like just meshes just so well and it's almost so seamless like like there's even like things like you run into chaos and it's like a the design of that character is so He's fucking cool good. uh and the first time you run into a portal you're like what is this why is it taking life away who is this guy oh cool oh you have a history with nix as well too (laughs) 
and, they, and all of his boons yeah. are these trade-off things because again mm-hmm. he just wants chaos to happen we're gonna slow you down for the next like five rooms but then you're gonna get a lot of bonus uh gemstones afterwards mm-hmm. do you want to take that or do you want to take something else it's, yeah it, it's all very interesting and we had there's so many interesting and cool and good systems that are built on top and i think they do a great job of tutorializing and and meeting those out to you very slowly over the course of the game but there are things we haven't even talked about we haven't talked about one of the most fundamental things in this game the weapons you get to you choose I was say fishing well <laughs> fishing for sure but you choose this, you know it's a great game because it's got a fishing mini game <laughs> of course uh but you choose a weapon before each of your runs yeah. And the weapons play completely differently, and then the boons that you get can affect those uh, can affect the way that you uh, the way that your attacks work. And then the Daedalus hammers that you get can change can fundamentally change. Or you can unlock stuff. different abilities. Like you can get the uh, Geus shield can now like instead of being thrown very fast, it goes very slow mm-hmm. through the like I, you know when you throw. I it wish and it, I wish you could take. Oh, you fuck up people's with I, that, that shit. I, I man. still it's wish great. you could turn off upgrades once you've gotten them because I you, I'm, I don't think you can. You, you can well you switch through them like you like uh yeah like the the spear like the one where you rush towards it that's that's one that you choose like you can choose something different yeah but like once you've picked it you're stuck with it aren't you no 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 you can switch between hmm, them okay. you keep you uh, you level them up individually so whatever uh aspect of like say like once you unlock all the ones of the swords like the future one aspect of excalibur right. that's that that whatever that attribute oh, so special ability is locked to that one one thing yes oh that's interesting huh so you switch between the you can switch between them if you want that doesn't affect also how you get like titan blood which can upgrade your weapons or diamonds which upgrade things from the uh uh what what's the uh not the shopkeeper i love the infernal shopkeeper he's your biggest fan oh uh, yeah um i love it when you when you get like also like when he's the employee of the month and he's like way to go shopkeeper <laughs> and you see like him smiling yeah. like the little little bubble there's smiling and shit like I, that i like it's on the we- you like you you touched on it there but i like on the weapons that each of each of these weapons kind of has a super form at the end that you can unlock and it's always based on a different, uh, different mythology. So, mm-hmm. like, like the Arthurian. You yeah, you mentioned like, Excalibur. Hey, if you have your copy of Bullfinch, you can read to the Arthurian part if uh-huh. you're interested. If you if you're a fan of Dynasty Warriors games and you use the spear a lot, you yeah. can get the Guan Yu uh, version of the oh, spear. Oh, that's what mm-hmm. it is. That's so uh, cool. It's, like, it's, there's a gun in this a, game. There's a fucking gun you in this game. You can make it into a shotgun. It's so good. A missile launcher. It's so good, man. You can, yeah, it's... you can turn it into a, a shotgun. You can turn it into like a three-round burst rifle that never has to yep. reload. There's so many good. I think the first the first time I beat the game was with the Advent Rail. Uh, it's mm. it's a very good weapon. Um, you can have the bow and arrow shoot like you know once you hit a target it uh, the alternate shot like targets in on uh, like you know and and you can get more shots for that too so you can be like almost unstoppable mm-hmm. like it's there's so many varieties and varieties like it's it's just it's it's so a great. good mix uh, of roguelike style games in mm-hmm. in like uh, when i play a game like spelunky i'm usually playing it the same way every time and even when i get little power-ups like the climbing gloves or 
like a shotgun. It doesn't really change the way I play the game. It just makes the way I play the game a little easier. When Mm -hmm. I play a game like Binding of Isaac, every run is fucking chaos in that yeah. things change on a dime my and my strategy changes on a dime because, oh, now I float. Oh, now my tears are laser beams. Uh, now I took a pill and I've got, like, a ton of health, or I took a pill and I have barely any health. Uh, I feel I, like Enter the Gungeon is kind of the same way a bit, too. Sure. Enter the Gungeon... Uh, dead cells uh, less. Yeah, I mean, Enter the Gungeon is... You you get all these different guns. Like you're you're still dodging the same way. You're still running around the same way. It's just yep, that you true, have different true. guns that that change the game slightly. But still, you're kind of just shooting stuff. Mm. Um, where but this game I think strikes a really perfect balance of I I still have uh, some pretty set attacks. I have a light attack and a heavy attack. Uh, I have a dodge. I've got these things that are that are basic to the way I play the game. But then, and and that feels very spelunky. Like, oh, I'm I kind of fight these enemies in the same way, and uh, depending, not de- doesn't matter what I have. I kind of still, uh, if I see that that big fat dude who like charges up and then like rushes at you, okay, I know to to dodge at that one second when he flashes white. No matter what build I have, that's just how I dodge around him. But also because of the different weapons that I can choose at the beginning, because of the different boons I choose over the course of the game, I feel like I get closer i don't get to the complete chaos that isaac is but i get to a much more tailored experience that can change the way that can fundamentally change the way i play the game especially when you get those daedalus hammers that Mm -hmm. uh, if i'm on the adamant rail and i get the one that's the three-round burst and i never have to reload okay now i know i'm if i have that i'm looking for very specific boons now that can uh, that can work into that playstyle. I'm looking mm-hmm. to get the Zeus boons that lets my regular attacks chain lightning to other things because yep. I know and that I'm like never going to start people and it's going to chain to like the nearest enemy. Exactly, and, and then I just like, never have to stop crap. dumping because I know that I, I can just keep going and I'm going to just electrocute everything in that in that room. But then you run to an enemy that's like, ah, oh, this this combination doesn't work right that great for it, and I'm screwed almost. But you know, sometimes you can get through it. Sometimes you're very lucky. Sometimes the game throws you a bone. It's like, oh, you can get another, like, uh, uh, one of the upgrades you can get. You can get, like, extra lives, basically, uh, you know, th- up to three per run. Mm-hmm. And if you complete, like, uh, a level, get to another uh, section of of Hades, uh, in between you can get, like, oh, you get an upgrade to get another one of your Death Defiance back. Uh, but you're just short of the carrion uh, coin that you need mm-hmm. to get there. Well, maybe I can sell one of my boons uh, for a couple, you know, extra coin. Or I can add a uh, uh, one of the trinkets that gives you, like, just extra money right away. Sure. You can't switch it out, so you got to deal with it. But, hey, I get my... Uh, get that extra life back basically uh so like i feel like unlike a game like faster than light ftl like where it really just wants to fuck with you Mm -hmm. all the time and it's like yeah you're gonna try get through this run good fucking luck dude and i feel like that game Uh, uh, as another early roguelike game i still love it i I love it too uh not as much as end of the breach but i love i've been actually playing a lot more of that too just to let you know this year that's Uh, also an excellent game i've been getting a little further every time and Man, that game is cool. Mm-hmm. But like FTL, that is, uh, I I love that game until you get to the end, 
and because at the end mm-hmm. is a a check. You're fucked. Yeah, I, you're just fucked. You are. It is so hard, and it checks you. It it checks you so hard at the end that I feel Five like check. I feel like I yeah I feel like I have to have a very specific build to be able to beat that that big capital ship. Whereas in a game like and Hades, good luck because it's like so like against you yeah, all the time. Even when I had an amazing build for it, I still I lost because back. it was still it was still just such a hard check. Whereas in Hades, I feel like even though it's very difficult, Hades is a is a tough boss fight, especially when he gets all of his health back like a little bitch and and does even harder attacks. Uh, I still feel like I have a chance with pretty much any build i come into them with uh and and that i think is another cool thing about hades is that it allows me to customize it allows me to to take in a play style that might be different from the play style i'm used to playing and still find success with and find success throughout the game yes there are different parts uh, i would say even harder than hades is the part right before when you are going through the the area <laughs> with the satyrs um, and getting mm-hmm. poisoned every two seconds. Uh, there Ugh. are specific builds that do that no problem. And then there are other builds that would be incredible for Hades or some like single single target damage stuff. That you have to suffer through these things. They're absolute garbage when it comes to fighting those those levels. Um, and if you want to get like clear every every room, mm-hmm. it's like, well, do you want to get like the... Because Charon's shop's right there with the really good stuff. And it's all it's really expensive. expensive. Yep. Like you could do a couple more runs, even though you're you got that satyr sack to give to service. Like, I'm glad you don't have to fight service. That would tear me apart. <laughs> yes, that uh, is that is very good, Matt. Yeah, there's just oh, so much to this game. There it's, is. It's we could keep. So, we could just keep going I, on I, and on, man. I do want to th- like say like towards what you think is a handheld game. Do you find this is a very much a handheld game? Because I do. Like uh, I played this exclusively on my Switch Lite. I don't know if, much the entire time. I don't know if I have actually ever played this in handheld mode. I think I've only played mm. it on the TV. But I would say yes, this is absolutely a handheld game in that I feel like it works within a set of limitations. Um, it does feel, even though on in some ways it has an incredibly grand scope. In other ways, I think it has a very limited scope. It is a mm-hmm. it is a pretty. Um, focused roguelike experience that has yeah. a... once you see the rooms it's like those are the same rooms mm-hmm. you're gonna see all the time but but it innovates within that and, yeah. and to a point that it reminds me of handheld games of of yore that is like this is this is a handheld gaming experience it has that spirit of of that smaller uh smaller scoped game that has some focus mm-hmm and finds ways to innovate it's yeah it's i don't know if it's my favorite game of the year but it is definitely the best game of the year in my opinion yeah it it, it's up there like like i said uh it's this and last of us part two for Mm -hmm. me like i I know that the later latter game is very divisive but but uh, this is seems to be like the clear runaway like yeah as a as a game uh i love them both as a game (laughs) honestly but yeah uh but the, this is this is about gaming's on the go, and mm-hmm. uh, Last of Us Two is not a game on the go. It's true, and, uh, can't can't man. Can't do that. Yeah, it, it's it's this and and uh, Jet Lancer 
uh, and Caron that have uh, uh, Carrion have <laughs> been like did again mm-hmm. uh, have been just the ones that I have enjoyed the most this year, and I think lend themselves the best to be handheld games. Yeah, and I mean for me, I, I know that I have uh, a very personal experience with something like Animal Crossing: New Horizons and Blazeball. Um, that those are things that stretched over a very large period of time for me. Uh, whereas Hades was, I mean, even though I have put a decent amount of time and will continue to put a decent amount of time into Hades, it still is a shorter, more focused experience than these big, more open mm-hmm. kind of titles. Um, even though you spend like 50 hours in this fucking Definitely. Game. Well, you have, and I'm approaching that for sure. Um, yep. Matt, we've, I know we could just keep talking about this forever, but we probably yep. should wrap save it up. for another time because we're going along yep. as usual, as, as usual. Um, I do want to circle back though, when you were talking about the spirit of handheld games, we, we talked mm. about at the, that at the beginning, what is a handheld game in 2020? What will a handheld game be in 2021? Uh, we, we just don't, I don't think we. You'll know. You'll know. have something fun to play with uh, next year, hopefully. That, that's true. I'll I'll have a play date uh, that I can play all those games and turn. Wait, that you crank. got a play date already? Uh, I don't have. They I, put those on order. They, they did not. They did not. But okay. I will. Okay. I will Whew. get one. I will yeah, make, I know. I will make. I'm sure talking about the analog date. pocket. I will have the analog pocket, which is. I mean, it's really just a way to play games that I already can play. Yeah. Uh, but just an easier way. Although I will say. Uh, I've never owned a Game Gear. I've played a friend's mm-hmm. Game Gear growing up. Same. Um, and knowing that this will have uh, be able to play Game Gear games. It had a TV tuner. It was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Needed also... six double A's to play, like, maybe... Uh, uh-huh. Maybe, uh, like, like an, two hours. Yep. Uh, but knowing, knowing that this has, uh, I think... I don't think it plays it out of the box. I think you need an adapter, which I yes, think I you also do bought. need an adapter. I, I think I it plays Game Boy games out of the box, and does it play Game Boy Advance games out of the box, or it, is that also an adapter? No, no, no. It plays it plays Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Ooh. and Game Boy Advance, and it docks uh, into a TV. That like, and, and it has an LSDJ kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, sequencer uh, to the it, that. It kind of sucks. Like I felt I slept in the day they went on sale early in the morning. <laughs> uh, but it, it was tough to grab one. I'll tell you. Considering but, uh, I spent I a, to... a lot on a on a Japanese Sega Saturn, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm I'm happy with that decision because I have enough to play my Game Boy games on yeah. things on the TV and on on the go. Well, I wasn't able to snag a PS5, but I was able to get an analog pocket, <laughs> so I can feel pretty good about that. And there you go. Because I did buy that Game Gear attachment, I know that it's going to show up here at some point. I have already started amassing a Game Gear collection. <laughs> uh, so who knows? Maybe there will be some Game Gear I've, games I've, on Gamers on the Go. I've seen some Game Gears in the wild here or there, and I'm just waiting to find a good deal yeah. uh, to pick one up. I basically just uh, bought every Sonic game. That was in there. <laughs> Those Sonic games, they're they're okay. I think they're, they're mostly bad, but I'm gonna try them anyway. There's there's one good one. Uh, Sonic Chaos, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chaotix, yeah. I think no, is it's the not Chaotix. I know that. That's no, you know 32X. that. No, that's not. Yeah, that's Knuckle Chaotix. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's something Chaos. Yeah, it's Sonic one, Chaos. A, mm-hmm. That's that's the good one. That they'll be honest. That and, is the good and one. And Mean Bean Machine is on it. So the worst, I mean, the worst way to play Mean that's Bean Puyo Machine. Puyo. But still... That's that's good by default. You damn right. Uh, you damn right. It is. But that's not a Sonic game. Uh, it's Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Yeah, it's a Doctor Robotnik game, not a Sonic game. Come on, please, Chase. 
What are we mean, talking? Is is yeah? Uh, okay, I was gonna say is Luigi's Mansion not a Mario game, and then I would go. No, hey, it's actually, a no, it's not. Game. It's, it's not like a, Mario is missing. It's not it's a, a Mario Luigi game. At game. All. <laughs> uh, okay, let's wrap this up. Uh, the point is, I think we have a lot to look forward to in 2021. Um, whether you're looking for something that is traditionally a handheld game, when we talk about something like the the Playdate, um, or mm, when we talk about that. the more nebulous kinds of games that will continue to come out. PC ports and early access games and server Bayonetta three, Bayonetta three, sure handheld yes. game. It's not really a hand, not, it's I, gonna no, it's, it's not gonna, it's not it's not it's gonna switch exclusive. Matt, I know it when I see it, and I know that it's not a handheld <laughs> game. <laughs> um, but we'll 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 figure it out. We'll we'll definitely keep going on the show. I'll definitely have Matt Jaguar on again. Uh, we still got to get through Golden games. Sun. We, we do, uh, and yes, and that's maybe the bigger point, is that... Goal for 2021. Well, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm game. Let's, let's, let's make it happen. Um, but, but I think I want to have a renewed focus on older games for, mm. for uh, gamers on the go in 2021 and potentially going forward. Uh, yes, I'll cover something like the, the Playdate because I think that's really cool. Um, if anything comes to Switch that really feels like it's capturing that and I have some people that on to want to talk about it with me, uh, we might talk about some new stuff. But there's a part of me that really wants to focus on these Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, Game Gear, um, older titles that, that definitely capture that spirit of handheld gaming and uh, Golden Sun is absolutely one of those games. So yeah, let's let's uh, let's say it here. We're gonna make it happen sometime in 2021. Golden Sun and also the Final Fantasy Adventure slash Sword of Mana. Oh, man, okay. Uh, well, hey, you have the fi- you have the Secret of Mana collection, right? I don't, but I will. Oh, you don't? Okay. I don't, but I will. <laughs> I've been playing. Th- I've been playing through Final Fantasy Adventure on that, and that is, I think I've said it before, is a very interesting game. Yeah. I remember yeah, playing it, especially for a handheld game. It is very, very interesting. Actually, I don't know if I played that one. What? There's another. It's in the Saga collection, I think. The Final Fantasy Legend. Yeah, I played a little. That's bit coming of Final out Fantasy on Legend. Switch as well too. All three of them, right? Which I also love and enjoy those games. They're very different, though. They, yeah, they and are very interesting. They are definitely, but I not Final think they Fantasy are very games. interesting <laughs> handheld games. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I'm. I mean, I think it's super cool that there are just straight up ports of game boy games on these things now even if they're parts of collections uh, i could just do like a game boy service thing where i can i just want to play donkey kong again the game boy donkey kong oh yeah donkey kong 94 it's incredibly good underrated underrated not on this show we did an episode about it it's very good i i've listened to that show and i agree with all of it all right matt thank you so much for coming on um anything anything you'd like to plug where people can find you other stuff you're doing online Well, like uh, I usually say, I'm on Twitter, Jiggysan, G-I-G-G-Y-S-A-N. I also, I'm on Twitch now. I've been streaming here and yeah. there. Uh, I've been mostly, uh, exclusively playing games that are like 10 years older plus. Like the most recent game I played Retro has games. been DJ. Yes, I played <laughs> DJ Hero recently, and that is the most uh, recent-ass game I can play. But that is 10 years old plus, so it counts. It's a retro game. According to yep. Jeff Grubb, I'm sure it is a yep. retro game. <laughs> it is 100% a retro game at this point. But hey, you can only play that on the Xbox 360 and PS3, so it's an interesting kind of thing. But yeah, I've been utilizing my like util- uh, tons of uh, upscalers and things like that to 
uh, fumble my way around. But yeah, uh, twitch.tv slash Jiggyson. And of course, I've always got to plug my friend, my man in Japan, Tyler Abstract and his podcast, Abstract Japan. Uh, you can find more of that abstractjapan.com. I was on an episode this year. We did something in the summer where I did a little guest appearance again since now he's in Japan and he's been uh, uh, out there, not coming back for a while because for obvious mm-hmm. reasons, as we said before. But posting I'm a just... lot of cool Instagram shit while he's out there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. You can follow him on, on Instagram as well, too, Abstract Japan. But he just did his 10-year anniversary back in uh, October. He launched his... Uh, show on 10 10 10 uh very nice uh, october 10th 10 uh, 2010 and did a three-part episode for his 10th year anniversary a side a b and then a side c of a lot of his like favorite tracks and uh tracks that meant a lot like a bunch from the pillows boris uh favorites of mine acid mother's temple obviously sun's grind uh yeah, so check it out if you uh, abstractjapan.com. Uh, hopefully he'll do his Christmas episode this year again, which I always love. Nice. Uh, which is like all Christmas music, obviously, for the spirit of the holidays. Absolutely. But yeah, check it out there. Very cool. Well, for Gamers on the Go, uh, you can go to gamersonthego.com. Uh, as always, there's a ton of articles. Well, not a ton, but there are some articles uh, on there that we uh, that we mentioned here during the show. I've written about Blazeball. I've written about Banner of the Maid, two games that I uh liked this year um there's plenty of other episodes that i've done with matt we did a a very long episode talking about the uh what did we talk about the ds 3ds uh we uh yeah 3ds we did a sign off on the 3ds we did a uh, long ass episode with your co-host bobby on the casual hour for uh fire emblem three houses last year that uh, yeah, we. Did, I still we think did it was pretty thorough with all the spoilers. <laughs> like seriously, I've listened to other spoiler casts for that, and it's like, man, we we touched a lot more than most people have. It really did. Damn, yeah. you need three people to to get through that fucking. <laughs> yeah, story. I I could definitely not go through all four routes. That would have been a lot. Uh, that would have been a lot. It's a lot of game. You get your money's worth. Yeah, that's for sure. That is for sure. Um. So gamersonthego.com, follow us at GOTG Podcast on Twitter. Um, I'll say, looking it up, now that you mentioned about uh, Tyler's uh, having his 10th anniversary, I was wondering about this. Uh, we're, like, close to eight. You're close. Eight, yeah, eight-ish. We started, uh, Two more years. started in May of 2012, so, uh, you know, we've got, got a bit of time. Just before the world ended. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> if only it was this show this show brought about the end of the world anyway matt thank you again for coming on we'll have you back again Always. in 2021 talk about golden sun and probably talk about some other stuff too while we're out there yes please thank you all for listening hopefully 2021 will treat you a little bit better than 2020 but we'll be here to uh to help you through it with some video games so always take your games with you thanks for listening Oh, 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 oh,